Tonight's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast and the Ringer Podcast Network brought to you as always by The Zone. You might have watched The Zone this weekend. Canelo, Jacobs. I watched it Saturday night. I bet the draw, Joe House, 20 to 1. Wow, well almost. Done. Almost. You- if Jacobs won the 12th round, I win the draw. Man. 20 to 1. Very yeah. relatable. I loved uh, Jacobs putting on 15 pounds in one day. Very yeah. relatable. Threw away a million dollars. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You've, you put on 15 pounds tonight, I, I think. I love that cost benefit. Yeah. Well, if you get the zone, you could have gotten that fight. You could also get access to the brand new MLB Live Whip Around Show Change Up. Every night of the week, everything live on demand at the zone. Getting set up is easy. Download the app available on nearly any of your devices, including smart TVs, tablets, phones, and gaming consoles. Go to DAZN.com to sign up. D-A-Z-N. We're also brought to you by Navy Federal. Proud to serve over 8 million members open to active duty military. The DOD veterans and their family members receive a lifetime of membership benefits like a credit card APR average that is 4% lower than the industry's member-only exclusive rates. And more, visit NavyFederal.org slash BS. For more information, call 888 888- 842-6328 or download the Navy Federal Credit Union app today. Message and data rates may apply. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information. We're also brought to you by TheRinger.com, the world's greatest website. Had our biggest month last month, us. Whoa. Biggest traffic month, biggest podcast download month. Um, Everything of- is going really well. You know why? One of the reasons? Thrones. Thrones. We love Thrones. Binge mode. We also had Talk the Thrones last night, the fourth of six episodes. I wish they had spread it. Well, we'll talk, we'll talk, we'll talk about Thrones later, but I wish they had cut Thrones into 10 episodes over these 80-minute episodes. They could have had 55-minute episodes. We could have gotten more content. Spread it out. I would have been we'll talk about that later. Um, we're also brought to you by the Ringer NBA show. We're 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 hopping on right after some of these games when it's timely. I know like Monday night is probably uh that's a night we might actually hop on there. Sure. Potentially. Two great there's a games lot of stuff tomorrow night. On. Yeah. Uh, House is here because it's his 50th birthday. Hey coming now. up. Rosillo is not here because he's at the Willie Nelson concert. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. And uh, Is that true? We're going to talk about ba- a crazy basketball playoffs week. One of the great weird playoff games I've ever seen in my life. Friday night, you fell asleep. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, Game of Thrones at the tail end of this, as always. And uh, and a whole bunch more. But first, our friends from Pearl Jam. All right, Joe House is here. He turns 50, what day, Friday? No, a week from today. Week from today. Mother's Day. So you came out. We're going to do some podcasts. Uh, one of the reasons that you came out is we've never played golf together. We've not played 18 holes never. on green grass. No. You and I together, sticking a peg in the ground, you know, letting a little a little shaft out on the first tee. <laughs> that has not happened. A little shaft out. We, we, save that for a throne out. game later. Yeah, <laughs> Jamie I, let a little shaft out, I believe. He did. He let a little <laughs> shaft out. Uh, we had never played because I quit when I was 24. I was fed up after eight eight roller coaster years. I couldn't handle it anymore. And then you started playing in your mid twenties, and we never overlapped. So. Yeah, my my choice was uh, law school or golf. Yeah, and you know you did that. So you I got did into both, it. but really the golf was the thing. So you got into it later. And uh, anyway, we'll talk about that later. I want to talk about basketball first. Mm. 
Woo. Where do you want to start? I'll, I'll give you I'll give you choices because I have takes on each of these. I know you do. We're gonna call this uh we're gonna call this section hottest basketball takes. Wow. That I actually kind of believe. Okay. So I'll, I'll give you your choice. You can go with you can do I have one on the Warriors. I have one on the Rockets. I have one on the Sixers who played today and lost. I have one uh that I'm borrowing from our friend Hench about uh about the Celtics or uh a Jamal Murray related take. What do you what, what are you borrowing from Hench? Oh, you're borrowing it. I'm borrowing a take. If you're borrowing I'm renting it. it. I'm renting it. Okay. It's his take. That's a that's So a where do you want to start? You want to start? I want to get rid of the Celtics now. No. Really? Yes. Yes. yes of course. Yes. I want to get rid of the Celtics. Let's you, be done with the Celtics. You just want to cross them off? All yes. Right. I, I, I want to get that one, get it all wrapped up, put a bow on it so we can talk about the rest of the, the playoffs and not be accused of making this podcast as always so Boston-centric. Okay. Should we mention that you had like four glasses of wine today? They were unbelievable wines. My mom, mom. came. Yeah, go ahead. Tell, she went tell to the, the whole cellar. Story. We have a 97 Brunello and a 97 Amaroni on my uh, Instagram at House from DC. We got the pictures up. Maybe it's at House of Carbs. I don't remember which one. <laughs> I had four glasses. It was spectacular. She made brujals. She did make. She some. made meatballs. She made baked ziti, Caesar salad, and peppers. The and peppers. you ate all of it. And we're gonna finish this podcast. Yeah. And you're gonna eat it again. We had a first dinner, then Thrones. Podcast and then second dinner is coming right after this. Second dinner is so this be, might be a half hour podcast tonight. Second dinner is going to be even better than the first dinner. So, um, I'll just I'll start with this text from Hench. I'm sure he won't mind me sharing. I won't even tell you the context. It's so funny how it doesn't matter if it's the playground or the NBA. A guy who loves dribbling and hates defending is terrible to play with. <laughs> Are we going to give out guesses as to who we're talking about here? First of all, do you agree with the take? Of course. Great take. Hench ain't wrong. Well, it, it all could circle back. Kyrie could end up being the hero of the Celtics series. But it is, you know, we saw this a little bit during the Chris Paul era too. When your best player is a shorter guard, it's it just becomes harder when things are going wrong. And you're even seeing that now a little bit with the Portland Denver series. You can, you can, I, I don't want to say take out a small guard, but you can make him work for shots. You can contain him a little bit. And it's just harder. And if you're going through the course of NBA history, how many little guys were the best player on a championship team? It's really Isaiah Thomas, 89 and 90. And then I guess Curry, I don't think of him really in the traditional little guy sense and the spacing and the threes and all that stuff that he creates. My question to you, House, can you win if your best player is a guard? Can you win the title? History says no. I agree with history. I, I don't think so. I don't think that the problem with the Celtics, though, is this problem that's been identified and over uh, uh, discussed throughout the course of this entire season. Which part, which of those many problems? The identity crisis. Yeah. Who are they? And and there was some kind of glimmer of hopes, a little glimpse of what the best version of these Celtics could be when Gordon Hayward started playing a little bit more confidently, a little bit more fearlessly, started asserting himself. And then we arrived in this round of the playoffs. That did, and it all ended. that assertiveness 
yeah. is in the rearview mirror. Why is that, Bill Simmons? He was he went from being a slashing kick guy to a kick guy. Was, he was slashing, but with the intent just to kick. We've seen a, that 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 is a contagion. Yeah. In these NBA playoffs, there are a lot of guys that prefer to kick than play on. We'll have our chance to talk about the Philadelphia 76ers and Ben Simmons in a hot yeah, minute. Yeah, I have that as well. Yeah, the, I know you do, but so it's, it's a contagion. The jumpers and the threes are great during the regular season. When the stakes rise, you also need to, the ability to get to the rim. And you need those two things together, ideally. Now, the Warriors won the title in 2015. Um, really as a jump shooting team. And that is the only time that's ever happened mm. that I can think of. That Pistons team that beat the Lakers. Yeah, but that team, they, that was a great rebounding team. It was a great defense team. They were those, those, those are they two, were getting, two they strong were, attributes. It's not like they were shooting threes. I mean, well, they were going, they were attacking the hoop. Not in quantity for sure. I think you have to have the blend at some point, even Portland. You know, which is a team that revolves around their guard and a lot of jump shots. They'll still get to the rim when they have to. Like Lillard and McCollum can get to the rim. When I look at this Celtics team, when it goes south, it just becomes jump shots. And even worse, when people stop moving, now it's jump shots with guys standing around. And I don't know how they it's it's like one of those spirals, like when uh like in Top Gun, when the spiral when they when Maverick can't break out of it. It's, That's what happens it, to the Celtics team. They, you can see it happening. It's like everybody stops moving, and it's like, oh, no. Oh, God, we're not going to be able to come out of this. It's why I'm calling it an identity crisis, mm. because they haven't sorted out who the alpha dog is, even even to this moment. Well, in I think that we playoffs. know who the alpha dog is, we, though. We know who one guy thinks is the alpha dog. He certainly takes enough shots to be he the alpha dog. That, that's right. But he, he has to make those shots to truly earn. I mean, think about... The sequence of events. He begs off of a Cleveland team that had made nothing but consecutive finals with LeBron. He misses the playoffs the next year. So he doesn't play in one playoff game the year yeah. after he well, begged he off hurt. that team. I understand that. But here we are now in, you know, the year, the moment for him to go ahead and assert himself, his contract year moment. Yeah, that's his, true. His, his, you know, self-determination in the balance and yeah, who you know is he? Is he up to it? Is he up to it? He has what he's asked for. This is his moment. It's his team. Is he up to it? So there's two things going on here when you talk about what's wrong with the Celtics. One is that we well, you just talked about the offensive identity crisis, the jump shots, all the stuff that we're seeing. But it's actually the defense that has really hurt them. They cannot. It's weird because the regular season stats don't totally reflect this. It says that they're one of the better three-point shooting defense teams. But then when you watch games, when when again, when teams know what they're doing against them, it's a lot of open shots. And um, they really miss Smart, obviously, but the Bucks miss Brogdon. I feel like that should cancel each other out. No Brogdon, no Smart. That's like a wash. I don't, I don't know if I would call it a wash, though, defensively. Because no, Smart I'm saying has so much overall. dog in him. Defensive dog. He right, really but leads by his 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 instinct. Uh, in the sense that that like the energy he brings defensively is infectious to the rest of that team. And it goes even deeper than that because I was texting people during game three as Giannis, 22 free throws, he's just 
flying down the lane unencumbered. Got the Bucks are feeling themselves. Guys are making threes. A lot of uh, a lot of swagger. They're open shots. A lot of swagger on the on the Boston home court, and everybody kind of took it. There wasn't a lot of like it didn't feel like a playoff level of of fight counter response from the Celts. And Smart would have Smart would have knocked somebody down. He would have fought for a loose ball. He would have been on the floor. He would have started barking as, at somebody. And he would have kind of elevated the intensity of the game. And that's what they really missed the most with him. They have a lot of passive guys. Hayward, passive. Kyrie doesn't talk. Uh, on the court, I mean. Um, Tatum and Brown. Brown is probably the most... Uh, it- Honestly, it's Morris. Morris would Morris be the one. Morris is the only one, but he's, he's you know, he's he, the ninth he, best guy in the he team. He ain't no good. So, I don't know. I saw a lack of fight on that Friday night because there was a point when that was becoming a playoff game. And they just didn't rise to the occasion. Last year, in the Bucks series and the Sixers series, Smart was the one leading the way with, like, the chest out, the testosterone stuff. And that's really what they missed the most. I don't think it's a finals team. You were you were higher on them than I was heading into the playoffs. Well, it's still yet the the entire series is still in the balance. We'll see tomorrow night if they show up on their home court, put the smack down the way they're supposed to, and then it becomes a three-game series, and they have to go win one more game in Milwaukee like they did in game one, and they still have uh, Milwaukee beat coming and going in terms of the chops and the experience and the composure and having been there, they have enough guys. Horford and Kyrie have everybody on on Milwaukee beat, and, and he, all their guys of, of prominence. I mean, I know Ilyasova's got some some playoff chops, and I know nah, Miritich, they really don't, but they, they don't, they don't have, have right. that much. The guys of prominence, there's no uh, comparison experience wise between Boston and and, and Milwaukee, and so the, the, it, it should be the case. That Boston shows up, but I just with well, it, it goes Kyrie? back. It goes back to the identity crisis thing. First of all, they fell behind by big numbers in Game Two and Game Three, which I always look at as the ultimate bad sign when you're when you're kind of scrambling back from 15, 16, 17, two games in a row. Something, they, they something's really in that going wrong. Hole from a sequence. You did this in, in one of the two games. Game you, Two, yeah, Game Two, where you just sixteen straight a, bad possessions. That's right, but exactly. then not getting. What's going on with Kyle? <laughs> you you, you realize we're doing a podcast, right? You guys heard that? I'm yeah, you're like what? doing these loud sighs. He had some of the amaroni. Like, uh, that was he, a yawn. Uh, he has, he has some wanna, of, Should we get Ben to produce it? I got headphones it? on. I can't Jesus. hear Jesus. Me sorry. and the Neff were drinking the amaroni. Unbelievable. Um, I'm sorry. I think it's a bad sign when teams repeatedly fall behind. And this is who the Celtics have been all year. I don't know what the... I always thought this should be a stat I should be able to look up. How many times has a team fallen behind by 15 points in a game? Because for the Celtics, it's got to be like 30, 32, 33 this year. I'm not kidding. Like when they're behind, they're behind. It's not like they're down by two. Like all of a sudden it's 70 to 53 and you're wondering what the hell's going on. That's a on. good bet. I, I, I don't wish think, I'd known this. I just don't think they have it this year. I felt, I, I even during the Indiana stuff, when people started getting excited, I just didn't feel it. I would love to be wrong. I hope they come back. But um, I think you find out who you are when bad things are happening. And this team tends to kind of fall apart when bad things happen. It's one of those teams that look, Philly's like this too. They look great when they're up 18. Who looks better than Philly when they're up 18? They got and all, they're getting turnovers. They it's got, like, wow, these guys look amazing. They got a lot of swag, that Philly team. And then they're, they're down four. Like today they were, you know, today. And it's like, everybody's got that look. But with the Celtics thing, I don't, we got to give Milwaukee more credit because Bledsoe stunk in game three. He was having a classic, terrible Eric Bledsoe road game. And 
it had that look of like, oh man, they already gave that guy his contract extension and he still can't play a good playoff game on the road against a good team. And then George Hill and Connaughton absolutely killed the Celtics. George Hill, if he'd played like that last year in the finals, it would have been a little, or the, you know. Yeah, they might've lost 4-2. <laughs> yeah, or at least 4-1. Yeah. Uh, he was really good though. And and I thought those two guys gave them so much life and they didn't miss Brogdon. Well, you know who makes them, I mean, it's it's the MVP of the league has mm. a little bit of a hand in that. What do you think about how he's officiated? Because I, I was less upset about this than other Celtics fans in my life. And where it's just like at midcourt, he does that thing. He's like, I'm going to the basket. I'm going to take two giant 10-foot steps and they might not go in the same direction. And you can't really take a charge on it because I'm somehow moving side to side. But I'm definitely bowling over you. I'm going over you. You're in my way. I'm getting to the rim. You're in my way and the foul's going to be on you. Seems like a like even LeBron in, at his athletic peak didn't do this. Well, uh, that's a good comparison because I think the freak is athletically superior to LeBron. He is, and and he's. Can, by the way, can you believe that's even a thing anyone would say? It's ludicrous in our lifetime. It's ludicrous that somebody is more of an athletic freak than LeBron. But I never thought anyone would ever say that. It's a seven footer who can buy angles. You know what I mean? The reason that that those he's not having charge calls is because he's he's changing the direction of his shoulder as contact gets initiated. He's not. It's very rarely that his shoulder hits somebody squarely in the chest and makes it easy on the refs. And it might be the case that next year he gets refere- refereed a little bit differently. He's he has the benefit of this season. You know. Uh, um, having the entire league like ad- adapt to what he's bringing to the table, uh, skill and athletically like that combination. You're pretty, you're more coherent tonight than I was expecting. I, I mean, I brought both water bottles of wine in here. I'm happy to keep going. The Celtics team. One of the biggest differences between last year and this year is how different they are at home. Like even you look at, they were 28 and 13 at home this year. Um, they were 2-0 in the playoffs. They obviously lost this last one. But even that Pacers series, the Pacers were in those games with like Wes Matthews playing a lot. You know, like they weren't even playing that well. And they, especially game two, like if they hit a couple shots, they probably would have won game two. Well, you have they a- just can't the Celts can't like not only they're not like laying the smack down in those ways where it's like, and look at this crowd. They're going crazy. Like that, that kind of playoff home feeling. It just hasn't been there all season. So let me ask you this. Yeah. This is precisely back to the Kyrie point. Yes. How many times this season there were 41 home games and then two home playoff games and that, you know, one more home playoff game. How many times this season did the uh, artists know, formerly known as the Boston garden, have a chant of Kyrie, 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 mm. or they've Kyrie got some MVP Irving. chants. I mean, there's I, been some MVP chants. Okay, I think I think it's a really polarizing topic right now because it's one of those things where obviously I, I hope he stays. Even though I've had moments this year where I've joked about this pod about how I drive in the airport, all that stuff. You never want to lose an asset. They're better off he signs, and then they at least have the asset and they could trade him. On the other hand, if he left, I I'd, I wouldn't be like devastated. I would probably talk myself into some different, all right, well, Kyrie, now we have cap space. Let's do this. Let's maybe we do this instead. 
I, I would be in the mode of, all right, what's next? Let's let's go fix this. Now we have a chance to carve out a different type of team. It wouldn't be like when Durant left OKC, is my point. I have, where it's like, oh my God, what do we do? We have this gaping hole now. Here's my question as it relates to Kyrie. Is it possible for Boston to get Anthony Davis without Kyrie? I mean, they could trade with him and, and do basically be in the same position Toronto's in right now with Kawhi who's playing out of his mind, but also just bought a $13 million house outside of San Diego that he can easily helicopter to Clippers games in, in, in uh, October. So is that like, do you want to unleash all of your assets to cross your fingers for AD is the question. It's a great question. I don't know. The GM just had a heart attack. Is he okay? He's, he's okay. Okay. That, it's a little scary, but right. yeah. Well, it's interesting. Tatum is less of an asset than he was six months ago, but Brown is more of an asset. And that, and that's one of the other topics we have. You want to get to that one? Let's do it right now because I want to be done with the Celtics. So All right, we're going to talk gonna, about everybody gonna, else. Who's a better asset, Brown or Tatum? I still think it's Tatum. Tate, we've seen the ceiling for Tatum. It's an MVP ceiling. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm saying that under the influence. No, of, we saw uh, the seeds of an MVP ceiling. Right, right. That's all. Year. That's all. That's he has right. not actually done it. No, I, I wouldn't dare suggest that he has, but he has uh a, enough of of a he has a a comprehensiveness to his uh offensive game that suggests that he can be unstoppable but it's going to require this season proved it really requires some nurturing it requires some 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 building he needs to be surrounded by the right human beings the right institutional support he needs to have the right kind of veterans around him to, yeah, you could say that about anybody to groom though. him huh could say that about anybody. No, you couldn't, because not not anybody led their team to the precipice of of the NBA Finals as a rookie. I mean, he didn't. Leading is that's who, who who led the Celtics last season. I mean, he was one of their best players. I don't I don't think he threw the team on his back. He had some incredible moments. I mean, look, I'm the same guy who last summer I considered him to be one of my three kids, along with the two I have. Like that's how much I love Tatum. <laughs> it's been alarming some of the bad habits this year. And I know he's young and you shouldn't overreact, but here's my big fear with him. And this is some from somebody who's watched a lot of his games for two years. His ball handling is really subpar. And it's something that last year when he, uh, he hurt his hand and he just kind of, his dribbling ability just wasn't the same. And he, people would poke the ball away. He would lose it. Um, he wouldn't finish around the rim sometimes. And it was like, Oh, it's his hand. Oh, if his hand was healthy, he would have finished that. But now it's like this whole second year, he's been healthy. He doesn't have like that killer handle that I think you need. He doesn't have it yet, I should say. I mean, come this on. This is the biggest thing that he needs to work on. I'm I, telling you, I watch all the Celtic games. I can't believe I'm in this position of defending teams, Jason, Jason Tatum. But I you mean, know what teams do with him I'm now? I'm on your home turf, clearly. Watch how teams defend him now. They poke at the ball. Because when he dribbles, he does the same. Ironically, my daughter does the same thing when she plays basketball. When he makes moves, he puts the ball in front of him and the guys just poke at it. And I think that's now in his head. And I think that's why he settles for so many 20-footers. I don't think he wants to lose the ball. All this I'm is saying, my weird Jason Tatum theory. He's a basketball youth. What the hell does he know about playing? This is the thing. This is the challenge that this season presented with the return of Hayward 
and 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 Kyrie. Yeah. And the minutes that they're, they're, they're going to sacrifice on nurturing Tatum, this is you know it it, it basically. Uh, there was an opportunity. The opportunity was lost because, you know, for the greater good of the Celtics in this particular uh, iteration of the season, the chance they have is a finals chance. And the price of that came at, at, at Tatum's development. He's, right, but that's that's the super optimistic view. I'm asking you if somebody has a pretty average ball handling skill, I, I would say at a, a scale of one to 10, I would say he's a four. Right now, how old is he? He's twenty-one. He he just turned twenty-one. But my right? question is, do you get a better handle as you get older, or you are who you are with that a handle? You, you he can definitely get better at this. Okay, because I think about this a lot with him. Because he should this be is, a junior in college. Yeah, but the, I'm just telling you, this is the thing that is keeping him back now. Okay, this is why he's settling for jump shots, and this is why he doesn't go to the rim because I don't think he trusts his handle. All right, this is my theory. Okay. I might not be right. You you might so be watch right. So watch the people watch game four tomorrow and watch his handle when he's got somebody directly in front of him playing good defense and watch how they poke the moment he makes the move because they think they can get the ball. So um, the Hayward thing, I you know, he's done this all year. He looks great. It's awesome. Everybody's high-fiving. And then he all of a sudden has no confidence. So I don't know what to make of it. I This to me has the feeling of a five-game series. Wow. So I then the question I was going to ask you is who wins tomorrow night? You what they need tomorrow night, what they need tomorrow night is for the Bucks to just miss a lot of shots and get the crowd into it, get points off turnovers and you know, flip the game so that the Bucks start out like 3 for 18 from 3. Boston's getting turnovers off them. That's the way to come back. I don't think they can outscore Milwaukee. If Milwaukee's playing well, I don't think they can match the points. Mm. It's too easy for the Bucks over and over again for Giannis to get to the line. They're getting 15 to 20 free throws a game from him on top of all the open shots. It's the math doesn't work. This is going to be a problem for Boston. It's a problem. I, I think it's a I think they really needed smart in this series. Like yeah. it cannot be overstated. It's and Brogdon point. would have also really helped the Bucks. But sure. I think even though Brogdon's probably a better basketball player than Smart, I think Boston needed Smart more in this series. Yeah, the, the the defensive identity is is huge. I'm not optimistic, House. I hear. I you. think the Boston Slam is on life support. And then you ask about could you do AD anyway? I think they have the they have the best package to offer if they put all their stuff on the table. It would be against AD's will, though. That's the risk, right? Yeah, and and the one thing is. And I've heard a few people say this. It, it really does. And Jack McMullen said this in my pod the other day. It really seems like the Lakers are off the table with him. <laughs> like, like the the New Orleans is just like we're not trading in there. Not I after mean, everything that happened. You're why not, would Griff you're not getting him. that at this stage? You're not getting him. That's a great. It's fine. So back to let's put a bow on Kyrie and then we'll take a break. If he's your second best player, if who's I your, think you win a title. Who? Kyrie. I agree with this. So if Davis we watched it. So if Davis comes in as the best guy, I think that could win a title. If Kyrie's my best guy, I don't think I can win a title. I agree with you. I just don't. We are in lockstep on this. Okay. Let's take a break. Kyle can get a couple of yawns in. 
Bud Light is keeping it real by putting an ingredients label on their packaging brewed with hops, barley, water, and rice, no corn syrup, no preservatives, no artificial flavors. You know who else is keeping it real? You know who, Joe House? Who? Where's the uh, PJ being played? Beth Page Black. Beth Page Black. My sources tell me, House. My sources tell me. You're going to like this. Tiger Woods took his yacht. His yacht's called Privacy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And he parked that thing near the Beth Page course. And he's been out there playing the last couple of weeks. Oh, it's been. It's, it's or last couple of days, whatever. Yeah, your sources and my sources are the same sources, Bill Simmons. He's been on that Beth Page course. You know what Tiger's thinking? A little Tiger Slam action. He's thinking about uh, no artificial ingredients in it yeah. out there on Beth Page. I know that much. He's keeping it real. Uh, cheers to Bud Light reminding you to enjoy responsibly and keep it real. And since we're here, Fairway Rolling presented by uh, Callaway. Yeah, our good friends Callaway Golf. We're we're doing a little bit of a pre-preview. I have as a guest the esteemed president of the PGA of America, Susie Whaley, the first hmm. female president in the history of the PGA of America this week. We do a little bit of a preview. Uh, you're not going to believe this, but we talk a little bit about Tiger. Oh, great. <laughs> and some ideas for growing the game. So it's very cool podcast this week. Super excited for him. Okay. Um, let's let's go here. The, we, we're kind of saving the great takes for for a little bit later because I have a couple couple really hot ones. So we were talking about this today, Jamal Murray versus Jalen Brown in that 2016 draft. Yes. Jamal Murray has been, you know, he, I had a feeling heading into these playoffs that the Nuggets were going to go as he went because they really, he's really their only reliable playmaker other than Jokic. So the theory was that Basically, every other game he'd be good, and that would be a game they would win. He's been better than every other game. And it feels like he's starting to have a, a, a blossoming. Well, let's, let's Can let's, I compare him to somebody? The key, make sure your pants are zipped for this analogy. Go ahead. Because you and I both loved this more than anything when it was <laughs> happening. Mike Bibby, 2002. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Remember now, that? When C-Web is like, I'm terrified. Could somebody help me? And Mike Baby's like, I got this. I just want to point out, Jamal Murray has been better than every other game by like just a little bit. I mean, they won game seven and the series against Portland right now is 2-2. So it's like just a little bit better than every other game better. Right, but he was he. I thought he was good in the uh, four overtime game. He was good in the four overtime. I, I game. think I, I think that. he's gone up a level. I really do. I feel like there's a confidence, and it was it was not a coincidence that he had a little free free throw shooting duel with Dame Lillard, and he won at the end of this game. And Dame Lillard is one of the better uh, one of the better free throw shooters. There is so. a take out there that has to do with Dame. I don't know what it is. I haven't figured it out yet. But he's not. What's what what's missing? With him in this series so far, uh, Gary Harris is doing a really good job defending him. Is he in his pants? It's it's been surprising. He's in his pants. Gary Harris. Uh, I remember when they gave him that contract that seemed high. It's like seventy million, seventy five. I don't know if you, if you can guard small point guards like that. He's certainly better guarding small well, point it, guards than the Celtics. It, it have. did change the entire trajectory of the Spurs series because after Derek White dunked on whoever that poor boy was that he dunked on, 
they just said, oh, uh, we have Gary Harris. We're going to put Gary Harris on Derek White. Yeah. And then I, I still haven't. They put We put out a, an APB for Derek White. So here's the 2016 draft. Ben Simmons, Brandon Ingram, Jalen Brown, three to the Celts. Dragon Bender, fourth to Phoenix. Man. Ouch. Chris Dunn, fifth. Buddy Heald, sixth. Jamal Murray, seventh. Marquise Chris, eighth. <laughs> Jakob Pertl, ninth. Man. Thon Maker, tenth, and it was bad when it happened. Oh, my God. It was it was immediately awful. But uh, John Hammond's done a lot of good stuff, so he's he's deserved some bad ones every once in a while. Then Sabonis was 11th. That draft was not great, though. After Sabonis, Torian Prince, Papa Giannis, the guy the Kings took. Oh Remember that guy? God. Denzel Valentine, Juan Hernan Gomez, Yabaselli in the Celtics, Wade Baldwin, who I think got waived in a year, Henry Allenson, and then we had Malik Beasley and Karis LeVert, 19 and 20. So it got a little bit better. But this was actually was not a good draft. Not a good draft. Um, and I remember the Celtics, the big question was Jalen Brown or Jamal Murray. And they just like Jalen Brown's makeup and they like the idea of interchangeable swing guys and um I don't know. I don't know who I would rather have. And I feel like I'm a little biased because I really love the way Jalen Brown's played the last four months. And I think you have to have at least one swing guy like that. You are an unbiased uh, observer. Who would you rather have? Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown, make the case. I feel like he, it's impossible to segregate his opportunity with Boston playing with the veterans that he got to play with right away. You can't underestimate the effect of Al Horford. I'll never, ever get over the fact that Boston got effing Al Horford over you. Of Washington. Yeah. The, the entire fortune of my franchise would be different if we had Horford. That's how important he is. He's a but, franchise. But you guys alterer. got Yama Hindley though. You son of a bitch. That, that, uh, Horford effect, the stabilizing effect. He really, more than anybody else, gets all the credit for the brink of making the NBA Finals last year with a cast of young fellas. But so I can't say what if Jalen Brown didn't have Al Horford in his like if life. he had just gone to the Phoenix Suns right. or something or the Washington Wizards or you know you left out having Brad Stevens in his life too. Ooh, sure, sure, but I, I don't know. The Brad Stevens uh, this this season, uh, he, he hasn't oh, been able to. Oh, come on! I'm right here. He might be. He, he, he's he's a good coach. I'm not sure about the chemistry piece of it. He could figure it out. All now, part. I don't know his, if it was figure outable. In his defense, the, the you don't know what Gordon Hayward you're going to get really within you know in 15 minute increments. Well, in his defense, Kyrie was bizarre for the first four months of the season and then profusely apologized for how bizarre he was. <laughs> and now it's Jackie McMullen just wrote about this last week. Everybody's like, yeah, things got weird. So I, I feel like I've seen more defensive effort out of Jalen Brown than I've ever seen out of Jamal Murray. And that would be the reason that I would feel so, that way. And that would be the case against Jamal Murray is defensively, especially game three, Portland was just attacking him. Yes. And to the point that there was one section can't remember if it was the third overtime or the fourth where they just took him out coming out of a timeout because they didn't want him out there defensively. So he has not been good on that end. On the other side, though, goes back to that Bibby 2002 analogy. It's funny, like, you can you could win a title if you have a guy who's kind of your playmaker, a little bit hit and miss, and he's not the best guy on your team, but as somebody who can have those moments, like the Spurs in 2014, 
Parker is the best version of this, right? Yes. Like Parker was the creator. Parker at no point was one of the best five players in the league. He might have been in the top 12 there for a couple of years, maybe top 14. But capable of being a, an MVP of a finals. Right. And capable of creating his own shot and big moments and stuff like that. So that brings me back to the Murray thing. I think it's hard to find guys like that. I actually think it's a little bit easier to find Jalen Brown types than a guy who just isn't afraid in the last two minutes of a game. Like we saw today in game four. Yeah. He was really impressive in that game. Jokic was running on fumes. At one point, it looked like Jokic blew out his knee. I think he just had a cramp. I hope um, we're rooting for it to, to just to be a cramp. Yeah, it seemed okay. Um, but Well, sure, that game seven shot that he took off the wrong foot. After really having a sequence, you know, leading up to that that made shot of of you know, uh, the 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 collective Denver didn't have a you know great decision making in the inside the last two minutes against the Spurs. Yeah, but uh, you know he still was fearless. He still and that three pointer that he took at the with two seconds left on the clock because they uh, the Spurs uh, were disinclined to foul, being down four Dis- points. Disinclined is a what the f- understatement. That that was a that was a game where there that that covering the 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 six and a half was just begging to happen. I know. and he missed it. Denver does have kind of a fun playoff team that makes sense, even though it doesn't make sense. Like you kind of need the guy like Will Barton, who every time he shoots, you're going, no, no, yes. Classic no, no, yes guy. He had a couple of huge shots in the game today. I was texting with a friend of mine and we were talking about how there's guys on certain teams like Marcus Morris is like this for the Celtics where it's actually the worst thing for their team if they start playing well right. because then they, they'll they take the biggest shot in the game. Marcus Morris, if he hits a couple threes in the first half, he'll absolutely take the biggest shot of the game. And he's like not in your top three that you'd want. And Will Barton is one of the guys for Nuggets like that. But he made them tonight. They have like these interchangeable swingmen who can just kind of get hot for five minutes. Jokic is, I mean, he's, I would say he's probably the big winner of the playoffs so far. Wow. I thought it was Dame Lillard, but uh, I think Jokic might have surpassed him. You don't think Kawhi is the big winner of these playoffs? I knew Kawhi was this good, though. Uh, We all knew it. But you knew then, it too. Yeah. Well, I said I anticipated he was going to be the best player in the East, and he is the best player in the East. But you don't know it until you know it. No, but we knew it with Kawhi because he did it. Yeah, he outplayed we, LeBron in the finals. Like yeah, we but, knew it. But he's he, one of the better player performers. Nine that. games last season. No, I know. I get that part. But we knew he could do it. Yeah, we knew he could do the it. The thing with Jokic that I always kept looking at, I was like, all right, this is great for the regular season. He's going to put up stats. I'm with you on this. 2012 and seven. And, you know, when we were growing up, Denver had the Dan Issel, Kiki Vandeway, yeah. Alex English teams. Fun and teams. You never took super them Super fun teams. Never took them seriously. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Really fun. But then they'd lose to the Lakers 140 to 128. And everybody would get their points, but you never thought they could actually win the title. I wondered if Jokic was like that for this generation where it's like really fun player. Love him. I voted for him for third MVP. You can't win a title with that guy. And now you watch these games and you're like, wow, this guy is unstoppable. And maybe you could make the finals with this guy. Uh, maybe. They're, they're going to, if you know, it, it did set up. And this is all credit to them for, you know, now they lost three or four at the very end. So they really put themselves in, in, in a precarious position. 
But that second position in the West mattered. Them clinching the really second did. spot set them up. And if they play in the Western Conference Finals, irrespective of the outcome, that validates this season as far as I'm concerned. The transformative moment of these playoffs. It's funny. Westbrook has had no impact in the playoffs Who for dat? three years. Who that? But he changed the playoffs when he got hot in that one game that we bet on. <laughs> when they're down four to Houston. Houston was about to get the two seed. And Westbrook made that crazy three with his leg spread. Then George made another one. Then it goes to OT and they win. But that's why that's why I'm I'm F Houston this year, by the way. That yep. was supposed that was a must-win game for them. They had to win that game. And they were up by 14 points in the fourth quarter of that game. We're talking about the second to last regular season game. They were up quite a bit in the fourth quarter. They went on a cold streak and they lost focus. And I just, you know. Congratulations that they got the one that they absolutely positively had to get to, you know, save a couple jobs. Uh, but I, I think this is going to be a four to one series. And and we're going to see tomorrow night uh, a, a refocused Golden State. Hold on. We, we're not there I yet. know, but I mean, we're just. Can I give you Jokic's stats for the playoffs? Because we're now at 11 I know I'm games. I'm going to love them. I'm going to love them. We're now at 11 games. And I did this in my book way back when. I think 12 games. Is the is 12 games, 12 plus games is the right sample size for postseason. Great. Cause you have like those Tracy McGrady seasons where yes. it's like, he went 40, 40 game. And it's like, yeah, they lost in seven. <laughs> and then he didn't play a second round. Right. I please stop comparing that to like Dirk Nowitzki in 2011. So here's Jokic now, 11 games, basically averaging 25. 12 and a half, nine and a half. I mean, damn near triple double for 11 this games. This is a triple double, by the way. 50, Every, everybody out there, this is a triple double. Wait, it gets better. 50% shooting, 40% three point, 85% free throws. He's almost a 50, 40, 90 guy right now. This is what for the a, playoffs. This is 11 games. This is a real sample this size. This is now. what a winner. A triple-double winner looks like. One more number for you. He played 104 minutes this weekend. God! I mean, at my advanced age, I can't... What, what can I do for 104 minutes? Drink that wine. I honestly, like, watching him during the 4-0-T game was like watching Kyle do a triathlon. <laughs> Where it's you know like, what? this guy might die. We might need to get him off the court. I'm I'm hoping that that I have my own small smaller version of that when I go back at these Brajols in about yeah yeah, yeah. About I forgot minutes. about that yeah yeah I wanted to tweet I didn't want to make fun of Jokic because he was so great in that game but I wanted to tweet when he was at 64 minutes that he was at 64 minutes but he'd only burned 320 calories <laughs> but then I felt like it was a dig on Jokic but it was like he he's one of those guys that. He's never sprinting, so it's always like he's at his pace. So it's never he's like he's on the treadmill at like three three point five or three five miles an hour, but never at four. One of my very favorite aspects of of the the Jokic revelation, yeah, this this playoffs is all that stuff that's in his, uh, you know, his run up to this moment. The picture of his passport that showed up on Twitter. Oh, so good. The stories about the all the coke that he used to drink. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, it's so good. I let's make this list right now. 
most fun guys to play with in the league if we were still playing pickup, if we weren't retired. I think Jokic would be like in the top three. Yeah. I, I if mean, I'm moving, he's going to get me the ball. I'm going to get a layup. You know who I have on my list right now? And you were reminded of this. Kevin Durant? No. No. But his teammate, Draymond. I want this version of Draymond. I would love to play, to with play pickup with. Oh my god! I'd vote no on that. Oh what? Because he might get in a fight. I don't want to get punched when I play pickup. He might get in a fight with he's somebody, probably, and then I might gonna get, do the punch. You but I might get hit by the punch. Get out of the way! Just get out of the he way. He might throw a punch. The guy ducks, and then You've I been get on hit. the court when there are fights. You don't have to be part of the fight. Yeah, I've never, I want this version of Draymond. This version of Draymond is my favorite version of Draymond. Yeah, where did it go? Where did what did he, him and KD were like hibernating for six months, That's and what then they, they just flicked the switch. They know, they know. This is what OGs do. They're so OGs. what? So give me your top five guys. I'm talking about just pickup. I'm trying. I'm trying to stay in the court, and I'm trying to have fun. Jokic has to be one of the top three picks. <laughs> You're gonna laugh. You know who one of mine is? Kyrie. No, Ben Simmons. That mother effort never wants to shoot. I want to shoot. <laughs> That's a hot potato brother right there. As soon as he gets across half court, who can I pass the ball to? Who can I pass to? So he, you like Ben Simmons because you'll get to shoot. Yes. So I'm going the other way. If you have Ben Simmons, you're going to be mad at him because he's he's going to keep running in the lane and clogging the paint. Nah, so when nah, you drive nah. to the basket, his say, guy ben, comes go, over. Get back. Get back. Get back on D, Ben. Pass the ball and get back. Ben, stay on the other side of the That's court. That's it. Let pass us play four or five. Back. That's it. So I have Jokic. I think KD would be really fun to play with. He always tries to make the right decision. I don't. I, I don't have any quibbles. With like KD. that one yesterday. There was a great moment in the game last night when uh, when he was red hot, and Kerr was telling him to take over, make a play, and he had the guy. And it seemed like the classic NBA hero ball moment. And he drew, and then he found Iguodala in the corner, and yes. he made a three. It was awesome. And, and Durant did the double fist pump. That was the right play, and I don't think a lot of guys make that play. I loved um, the trust in Iggy. I yeah. loved Iggy. They love Iggy. Like Draymond and Iggy. These, this is the thing with with the Warriors. This version of Draymond and Iggy that they have right now is is another Finals effing title for them, and it breaks my heart. Steph Curry. That we don't have money on it. Steph Curry. Now hold that. We. I have a big take on Steph Curry. Hold okay. that. All right. So who? So who's your number one draft pick? For what? Is it really Ben Simmons to play pickup with? No, it's, no. I, I love I love Jokic. I love this version of Jokic. Put me on that. Can you call I, him Jokic? Because that's his name. I, no, no, no. I like Jokic because that goes Joker. Let me be me. Okay. Let me and my Amarone. Mispronounce his name. Knock yourself out. I under... Oh, he's... <laughs> Mr. Mispronunciation. Well, you're on my corner. Mr. I get jealous when you mispronounce names. Mispronouncing names, a whole career of it. Yeah. And I call a guy by the name I want to call him, and I'm not allowed. Jokic would be fun. I'm trying to think who else. I think Jalen Brown would be fun to play with because he basically, I know exactly what he is. That's just random. Pick, I know, but pick. he's never, but he, if we're building a five, we want the guy who's going to guard the other team's best player. He's going to be, he's going to make open threes and he's not going to be mad if he doesn't get the ball. Like that has to be, because you and I, we're going, that now we're going time machine. We need to do our thing. We need to do Stockton Malone stuff. <laughs> yeah, we do like to do that. So Jokic has to be over there. Somebody has to be responsible. There needs to be a responsible Jalen Brown's the in the corner. And who's our fifth? Hmm. Somebody who's rebounding. Montrez Harrell? No. No. Somebody in the playoff. Like somebody's like, you know, in somebody this round of rebounding. the playoff. Somebody at this stage. We're All sleeping right. on somebody obvious. All right, let's do Kawhi just for the hell of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, KD. KD, Jalen Brown, no, Jokic. I, no joke. I would rather have Kawhi. 
Wow. This is the alpha dog moment that we're at. Is it the KD or Kawhi? That right. conversation is happening we'll on Twitter that, that, as we speak, Bill Simmons. KD or Kawhi. Right now in these playoffs. I I mean, KD just has the resume. Feels disrespectful. I, I love Kawhi. This for Kawhi will not let his team lose. The will to win in Kawhi. He let him lose game three. And I'm not. I, the, it, it sounds like by making this point with Kawhi that I'm, uh, by by contradistinction, diminishing KD's will to win, and I'm not doing that. But the difference between the Golden State Warriors and Toronto, because Toronto, yeah. holy, we've learned some things about this Toronto Raptors team. They suck. <laughs> I mean, they suck. <laughs> what what the f is going? This is the very with the. You know, the Sunday evening podcast we're doing right now, we just watched the very best version of the Toronto Raptors today against the Sixers, and they eked out a win. Now, it was at the Sixers' place. So well, they had a weird Embiid situation where I they were saying Embiid was sick. I personally, can the body language doctor come in for a second? I Son thought he was pouting. You think he was pouting? I think he was pouting because I don't think they're giving him the ball in the first quarter. Well, he, and I think he got pissed off quarter, and he wasn't feeling that good anyway. And he's like, well, fuck this. You guys aren't getting me the ball. He had five shot attempts through three quarters. I know. What is going on in Philadelphia? He had 33 points the game before. Here's the thing. How many ailments does this man have? What's going on with <laughs> him? Drunk house is here, Kyle. What's wrong with him? He had a stomach problem. Today was what? Flu Can I get symptoms? you another glass of wine, Mr. House? Yes, please. I'll have I'll have the Brunello. It is it is weird. Embiid does have a lot of ailments. What the F is you going on? You're in the playoffs, on? Joel. No offense, but how about playing three straight games where you're just healthy? What about this? They run pick and roll where... The, the, their best option is in terms of getting him the ball is off at the top of the of the key. And if the pass comes doesn't come off the slip right away, he doesn't touch the ball. He, he, he never gets the ball in a spot where he can be effective. How about this? And I'm not the only one saying this. If neither of us are Toronto fans and the Toronto fans are mad at you because you just said they suck. They suck. It's not my <laughs> fault. Well, see, we're not getting a full feeling for Siakam. Like, he definitely was hurt in the game today. I think, okay. I, I thought he was one of the best 15 guys in the league by the end of the year. I'm not saying he is talent-wise for, like, if we were just saying who are the best 15 guys, he was playing the best. Out of the 15 guys who were playing the best, he was on that list in April. I want to be fair. This is exactly what you get with a guy like him under these circumstances. In the playoffs. Yeah, that's a great that's point. Right. Regular season versus playoffs. That's and this right. is why, and we I make this point all the time, and I can't make it enough. When we're asked to vote on stuff like MVP and All-NBA, we're voting in the regular season. Like, the dumbest thing you hear all year is when, like, during that whole LeBron stretch, when LeBron would play really well in the playoffs, and people are like, it's absurd. How does he not have more MVPs? It's like, because the MVPs for the regular season. Like, that's what we vote on. He wasn't the MVP of the last couple of regular seasons. Sorry. He didn't That's play right. defense. He didn't try all the time. And uh, and it's the reverse is like somebody like Siakam who and Ben Simmons. Sure. No playoff chops whatsoever. Regular season, great. That's right. You get to the playoffs, it's just a little different. Different game. The, the pants are a little tighter on your nuts. Well, 
the pressure's a little different. The pace is different. Teams it's more physical. know how to game plan for you. You're playing the same team That's two straight it. weeks? That's correct. That's right. So this is a good time to bring up Ben Simmons. <laughs> I feel like you have a take coming. I have a couple takes. <laughs> I actually think they should have benched him in the fourth quarter of this game today. And I watch it. I'll, I'll put this on Instagram tonight because I taped every possession they had from like seven minutes on in the fourth quarter. He did not do, when I say he didn't do anything, he dribbled the ball up to midcourt, gave it to somebody, and then he basically could have gone and sat down in the stands. But the problem this was is, over. I'm talking like 14 straight possessions where he's just in the way. He is like, you're playing pickup and there's that one guy, it's like, oh, my... My buddy's roommate's and best friend from college is in town. Can he play with us? Like, yeah, that sounds cool. Great. And then the guy's a disaster. And it's like, can you just can you just stay out of the way so we can play basketball? Like, just go in the corner? That's Ben Simmons in these games. He's their best defensive option against Kawhi. But the thing is, he's not as good defensively as people seem to think it's, he is. It's not about as good or versus, you And know, by the way, he's not doing a good job against Kawhi. Kawhi's scoring on him. He's the best defensive option they have. I think his defense is overrated. I think he's lazy on defense. I think he tries no, no, no. sometimes. I, I don't I, think he tries other times. I disagree. Times. I don't think he's lazy. I think he's trying. I think I, he has lazy moments. I don't think he's lazy. I don't, I'm not going to use that word. I think he's inexperienced. I think he doesn't. Yet. I think he lets up. I don't think he does let this up. This is, here's the thing. The Philly fans, this has become like, uh, they're like the little league parents. And this is like one of their kids. And I don't feel like they're fully rational about it yet. I don't see how you can win a title if Ben Simmons is one of your three best players unless he figures out how to be able to do more offensively. Because it's like he'll do it against the Nets, where it's like he'll have, you know, he had those two big games against the Nets. Everybody's like, oh, Ben Simmons, here he comes. The game I watched today, they couldn't even figure out how to include him in the fourth quarter because he can't shoot. And you have Embiid. So, like, what do you do? Because basically the guy I watched today in the fourth quarter was Andre Roberson offensively. Sure. I, you're not going to get a defense I actually out of might rather, the way they're using him in the fourth quarter, I might actually ha rather have Andre Roberson. Well, Roberson will take a three-pointer at least. Yeah, at least, he'll, at least he'll know where to go. Yeah. And it's like they, they try to cheat the Simmons thing now where they have him stand right outside the paint on the square. And he's kind of lingering in case there's like an offensive rebound he can get. And that's like all he does. He doesn't really move. He's not doing back cuts. He's just kind of in the way. And it's crazy because I think the guy's really talented. My thing is, is this somebody who should just be on like a bad team like Devin Booker? Just go get your stats. Balls in your hands all the time. No real stakes. And you're just learning how to play basketball, basically. Well, he, he needs to learn how to play basketball that includes shooting the basketball. But he can't shoot. He won't. Under he won't shoot. Then he can't play. That and was my point. point. I think point. they should have benched him the last to six your minutes. Point. If, he, if he's not going to shoot, he can't play. So they have to come up with an answer for this because your point is right. Well, they're going to lose the series. Unless, they're gonna lose, that's right. You're right about this. 100%. I don't know what the answer is because, I mean, there was this one play. It was near the end, but they were still in the game, probably like two, three minutes left. And things kind of broke down and JJ was at the top. Yeah. But they had a lot of shot clock left. Did you see this play? Uh, I watched the entire game, so I'm, I'm sure I saw the play. And JJ, and then he ended up kind of running a kind of makeshift screen and roll with Embiid that he kind of created on the fly. This was a classic 
as soon as it broke down, either Brett Brown has to call timeout, and I don't even think he had that many left, or Simmons has to sprint up as like the playmaker creator guy to be like, all right, reset, I got this. Like, that's what Kyrie would do. That's yeah, what yeah, yeah. Jamal Murray would do. That's what Kevin Durant would do. Like, somebody in the team has to be like, oh, shit. Oh, I, I got this, guys. And nobody did it because he's not thinking that way. Because once it's a half court and it's a playoff game and he's getting rid of the ball, he's out of the play. He's not in the play anymore. He's basically Ben Wallace of the 2004 Pistons. It's like, how is this a good use of him? Well, I, I, don't, I don't know what, what's... What choice do they have? You can't run. You can't run screen and rolls with him because who are you going to run it with? You can't make him the screener because nobody's going to guard him. No, he he comes down with a head of steam off of pick and roll with Embiid. The, all of his points, but come, the Raptors the, know that's coming was within the final six so minutes. So they get they well, that's the difference. They're right? just going to put he gets the wall away up. with it six times a game, so he gets twelve points a game in these games. The one thing they have is he'll hill. do that little thing where he has a head of steam and he'll dish to yes. somebody, and he did yeah. that I think once in the fourth. At the start of the fourth quarter, I looked at it because I was really curious what his stats were going to look like, and he was eight four and four, heading into the fourth. And I think he finished like 10, 5, and 4. And the layup came with like 20 seconds left in the game. Like he, When I say he was a zero in the fourth quarter, like he was like a zero. He did nothing. So I don't want to totally blame him because I think part of it is a systemic thing with just how they use him and how they've just been completely unable to figure this out. Well, and I the Sixers fans are like, process, process. It landed us a beat in Simmons. It's like, Embiid's great. Can he stay in the court? And I don't know what Simmons is. So congratulations. You just threw away seven years. There was a minute there where it felt like we were going to start getting some Philly booze with Simmons. I almost tweeted it. Like it, I, felt it should have happened. close to that Philly crowd turning on, on Ben Simmons. I love Embiid. I hope there's a world which he stays on the court. I think he's, it's clearly his city. Actually, I have this email I want to read. This is great. This is a really good email, and I 100,000% agree with it. So this email is from Nick in Brooklyn. Dear Conspiracy Bill, how do you feel about Jimmy Butler's strategy of becoming b-ball besties with Embiid to ice Simmons out as a valuable trade asset and remain with the 76ers? I'm not sure it'll work, but I respect the hustle. All right, so let's think about this for a second. Butler joined the Sixers and was very like pro-Simmons, was like, but the, it's definitely the last month or so him and Embiid have buddied up. And I do wonder if Butler sees a world where if I stay with Philly, that's probably at the expense of Ben Simmons. Everything you just said, I believe to be 100% true. <laughs> I subscribe to all of this. And by the way, the Philly fans can't get mad at us. We're just two guys who have known each other now for 30 plus years who watch basketball. And this is my opinion. We weren't. I don't think Ben Simmons is long for Philadelphia is this? my genuine opinion. I agree with you. And the, if, if the choice is Ben Simmons versus Jimmy Butler, one player was having his name chanted by the crowd today. Jimmy Butler. It's not a lot of Ben Simmons chants. It was, it was not a Ben. Has Ben Simmons ever caught a chant in Philly? Ugh. Well, then the other thing is they they go all in on Tobias Harris. He had two wide open threes in the corner at really huge moments of that fourth quarter. And he missed both of them. Now, everybody misses threes. People make 35 to 40% of them. The second one wasn't close. This is another guy, like, you trade for a veteran who has not been in a lot of big games. 
And he was two for 12 from three. I thought he had a lot of open shots and was kind of the guy who's been the beneficiary of how Toronto's playing D. He just didn't do anything. He 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 got a, a rude introduction to proper playoff basketball in game one. Yeah. I think I think he had 11 shot, uh, shots blocked. It, may, <laughs> it might be an exaggeration, but every time I looked up, somebody was swatting his shit somewhere. So you look at what Philly did this year. And their whole strategy, as it's been explained to me, and, and I think has is, is been pretty public at this point, was we don't know how long this Embiid-Simmons window is going to last. We got to go all in. Championship windows can close faster than you think. We think we have a chance to win a title this year. That feels like a misevaluation. Because unless Embiid is going to go 35 and 15 for the rest of the playoffs, basically, this team has no chance to admit to win the finals and probably not even make the finals. And I think the difference between Embiid and people like Giannis and KD and all that stuff is those guys are just there at 100% capacity every game and Embiid isn't. That's a fact. It's just this, a fact. This is the problem with, with Philly. Tell me what version of Embiid I'm getting. Is he sick? Does his knee hurt? Did he eat something bad? Does he have gastroenteritis? Did he uh, stay Does up his too back late? Hurt. Did there, were there bad allergies? Tell me what <laughs> version of Embiid I'm going to have at whatever time the game is. I would have loved to have known at 3 o'clock today before, yeah, before I put we gamble. something down on the Philadelphia money line. We bet the Philly money line parlayed with Denver plus 8.5, and, and which was minus 250. And the bet was like minus, plus 140. Yeah. And we thought, we thought the Sixers were going to win today. Then we watch it. No idea what's going on with Embiid. Siakam somehow plays. Although he wasn't that good. No, Siakam stunk. He he. Here's the thing. He was at least at least a body though. Like who else were they going to play? No, they don't have a choice. They got their the best version of Toronto was was today. They got a, a great game out of Lowry, the best kind of game they can get out of him. They got a great game out of Gasol. He was as as aggressive. He, everybody's been begging him, don't pass, shoot, stop playing hot potato, Mark. He played very well. Danny Green was eh. They they sat Fred Fred Van Vliet's ass on the on the bench where he belongs. He's they they found out over the course of this year that he can't really be involved. Serge had a good game. Like this was the best version of Toronto today, and if it, it took uh, an execrable—that's only—I only had two glasses of wine. Effort by Embiid. Yeah, like four. Yeah, that's true. It took an execrable effort by Embiid for for. I mean, the game was in the balance with a minute left. Kyle, who's the guy with the beard that I like on Game of Thrones? Who called John? The guy with the beard. Torben the, probably. Torben, the redhead guy. Torment loves Brienne. Torment. Yeah, Torment. I like Torment. He's like Fred Van Vliet. You don't actually want him prominently involved in plots, but he's fun to have around. It's okay. Fred Van Vliet. All right. You don't want him involved in the plots. I'm going to tell you what the Sixers should do with Ben Simmons in one second. First, the Sonos Beam is the smart, compact soundbar for your TV. Newest addition to the easy-to-use Sonos home sound system. I've had Sonos for basically this entire decade. You know what's really fun when you watch TV house? Good sound. I have one surround of these, sound. I have one in my house. This is how you know I watch the basketball games. When they film shows like Game of Thrones, they like to have the sounds coming at you in all these different ways. With over a hundred streaming services and airplay, Sonos lets you play everything you love and enjoy music, radio, movies, TV, podcasts, and more. Beam is easy to set up. It connects to your TV with just one cord and syncs with your existing remote. Plus, the Sonos app 
walks you through setup step-by-step and with built-in Amazon Alexa, you can enjoy hands-free control of your music and more. Connect Sonos speakers over Wi-Fi. Listen anywhere in your house. Go to Sonos.com to learn more and order your beam today. That is S-O-N-O-S.com. All right. Found the Sixers. I I had this idea in the pod before. I'm I'm resuscitating now. I'm assuming they're going to lose this series. First of all, they should be trading Ben Simmons. I'm summer. not assuming they're going to lose the series. Because okay, but I'm assuming they're losing. Okay, series. go ahead. I, for the purposes of this, for the purposes of the discussion, they lose it. this series okay. to the Raptors. Okay, I'm with you. If that happens, I I think you have to kick the tires on Anthony Davis again. Ooh. I had this thought a few months ago. Mm. If I'm the Pelicans, that's as good of a chess piece as I'm getting back, and you could talk yourself pretty quickly into he's only 22. He's been in a lot of playoff games already. Maybe him and Embiid is just not the right fit. You want to build a team around his skills, the same way the Bucks build a team around Giannis's skills. Not that he's as good as Giannis, but could you build a team around his skills and all the things that he's good at and become a really good team? And I think the answer might be yes. The bigger question for me is, can Simmons and Embiid, do they make sense together? And from what I've seen, if I'm trying to win the title... I think the answer is no. You, if you're trying to win the title, then you can't have the patience that's going to be required to indulge all of the variables that are at play with those two. Well, they, and this is a key point, right? So off of what you just said, the Celtics with like Tatum and Jalen Brown, guys like that, if they're not playing well, if their matchups are on, they're not feeling it. Stevens will bench them the last six, seven minutes of a game. But with Simmons because he's got a little bit higher pedigree. He was the number one overall pick. He's more famous. He's already had some moments. You're a little worried about what happens. What, what if he doesn't sign his rookie extension and he just kind of leaves his free agent two years? You have to cater to him a little bit more. And it's not necessarily the right decision sometimes to play him in these games. I don't think they're not benching him, not not benching him. I'm going to mess this up because they're worried about Hurting his feelings. Oh, I I think you're a thousand percent wrong. In these playoff games, yeah, I think who I think is the alternative. Who's guarding? Well, who you do know, they put on Kawhi? First of all, TJ McConnell got a DMP today. How dare you? Who are they? I'm putting just on saying Kawhi? that he got a DMP. It's the fourth quarter, and they're trying to win the game. What, at home. What's the point of having Jimmy Butler then? Isn't that why I traded for Jimmy Butler to guard Kawhi? No, you need Jimmy Butler. To guard who? Nobody. Kyle Lowry? Saving his... Yes. 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 Exactly. Because you need him to I have I thought his, Tobias Harris could guard all these people. Legs. So Butler and Harris can't guard Kawhi. I need Ben Simmons. That's... Yes. That's not a knock on either one of those guys. Kawhi is the second best player in these playoffs. Or maybe the best player in these playoffs. Ben Simmons is the right guy to, to guard Kawhi. I would much rather play Shamit. Oh, wait, he's not on the team. Sorry. Forgot. <laughs> That's so rude. Forgot they threw him in the Damn trade for it. no reason. How dare you? Um. Anyway, could you get could you get Davis with the Ben Simmons package? Unfortunately, they gave away all their other assets, they which is what picks. killed them with the Harris thing. They need picks. They yeah. need picks for that to work. I don't know what they do. What if the Clippers came to them and said, hey, we'll take Ben Simmons. We'll give you Shea Gilgis and something else. Mm-hmm. I don't. Why would the Clippers do that? Clippers are in good shape right now. They don't need a problem. 
because I, I'm both criticizing Ben Simmons, but I also still think like he's an amazing talent. I just think he's on the wrong team. I don't disagree with you. I don't know what the right team is, though. Not this team. It's a team that, that that's going to, you know, take the one grotesque, glaring error. It's unbelievable that we're this far along in his career and he can't shoot the basketball. This was the biggest game of their season so far today. It's and he did, was not involved in any possessions for the last eight minutes of the game. So something's wrong. That, that to me is like more than a red flag. <laughs> he was healthy. Wrong. He, he was can't not shoot. He's afraid to shoot. I agree that something's Don't wrong. Don't play him then. Take him out. He's got to play defense. Well, he didn't do a great job of that either. Um, all right. Next topic. Chris Paul. Oh boy. A.K. Mr. Small Shot. <laughs> I knew you were loaded AK up. AK the Mailman 2.0. Oh, the ma- I asked you why you didn't tweet that last night. I was saving it for the pod. That's nice. I like it. I was going to tweet last night. I feel robbed that we never got to see Mailman and Chris Paul in the same playoff team. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it would have been feel, great. The United States Postal Service feels robbed too. I was like, I've never seen anything like this Chris Paul thing before where at the end of these games, he's just a disaster. It's like, oh, wait, Carl Malone. I forgot. I was there the entire time. Yep. You and I used to call each other after the Carl Malone playoff games and just laugh. Uh, you get the Botox face, remember? So who, who knows at this stage? Was with, Carl Malone was PR in the playoffs actually. It was 26.4. Oh like, oh. no, dude, I was there. Carl yeah. Malone was terrified. Yeah. Chris Weber was terrified in the last two minutes of every playoff game. C Web was Fact, terrified. Go watch the games. That is hot potato C Web. Hot potato, big time. And, uh, and CP. How about when he passed up the wide open three? It, yeah, that was incredible. There was nobody within 10 feet it of him. It was very rude. It was of, two and a half of, minutes of left. ESPN, they put that shit on slow-mo. It was embarrassing. This guy's one of the best 40 players ever. There was nobody else on the basketball court. That's how open he was. So when you talk about CP in the playoffs, you have to start with 2014, the OKC game. One of the biggest 30-second collapses in the history of basketball. Um, two turnovers and and a bad shot, I think, is how it played out. Um, then the next year, he was out there when they when they lost by... Or they were up by 19 against the Rockets in Game 6. Yes, that happened. And blew that game. That's true. There's not a lot of, not a lot of great Chris Paul playoff moments. The best one was the 2014 Game 7. Yes. Against the Spurs, which I went to, which he was great. Um, incredible competitor. We ran a story in the ringer last week about what an incredible competitor he is. I'm not arguing that. I think he actually, the, it starts to mean too much in these games. Mm. I think he, I think he becomes so intense that I actually think it's to his own detriment. I, I think so. He, does, he just does weird shit. Well, like for just- somebody who's one of the best point guards ever, like, he has these what are you doing moments that, you know, you should be locked. Like, remember Stockton? I think. Or Isaiah? Like, yeah. guys would actually get more locked in in these moments. He gets less locked in. But this is a function of who he's become. This stage of his well, career. Well, yeah, he's at a different stage. Who that team is. And he he's he doesn't think of himself as a first option. So him, like, uh, at this stage of, of these playoffs with what's at stake, him... Uh, reimagining himself like that three pointer. It was dramatic for how wide open it was, but that's not his role on this team. He's not thinking shoot first. Well, on that, this team. that brings me to the next question. 
what is his role in this team? Because when I watch these games, and I've watched every minute of all three games, and we have a lot at stake with this Rockets bet, it seems to me, first of all, Eric Gordon is the second best player in the team. Who, who's going to argue that? Nobody. It's an unassailable point at this point. I think the casual basketball fan that's not paying attention would think it's Chris Paul. But it's Eric Gordon. It's definitely Eric Gordon. Um, the problem with having Chris Paul out there is that he's still Chris Paul, and he's still wired mentally like he's one of the best 40 guys of all time, which he is. And then you have these moments where at the end of the game, like the end of regulation, Chris Paul's like, I got this. It's like, no, you shouldn't have this. He should not have You it. should not be the one who has this. That was a, that I would was, rather have Austin Rivers over in the corner knowing, you know who, who shouldn't have this? Me. That I'm over been, here. If if you have to kick it out to me, I'll take it. But I know I'm not the guy. There was a funny thing with D'Antoni saying, well, I didn't call timeout because James had the ball in his hands. If James has the ball in, the ha- in his hands, all I'm going to do is run a play that says, James, get the ball in his hands. And then James didn't have the ball in his yeah. hands. Yeah, and then you know who, show who did <laughs> How about this? And then Chris call Paul- timeout, Mike! Yeah. And then Chris Paul drives to the basket, gets tied up by Clay Thompson. Yeah. Jump ball! I mean, that could have been their whole season. Jump ball! So I don't know. I Listen, Chris Paul, I, I know he's one of their best five players. I'm just wondering if they want to win this series, is there going to have to be moments where maybe he's not on the court? They're not going to win this series. We've we've seen enough. They're not know. winning this series. They'll be lucky if it goes 4-2. I think the refs can control a lot of this. I don't want to have the referee discussion, but man, I mean, that Harden charge. So you had... It's going to Harden hits out. a three, 48 seconds left. Coming out of timeout, everyone knows KD's going to take a three at the 28-foot mark right on top of the key. I would have bet my life on it. The Rockets are blindsided by this. They foul him. He makes all three free throws. Harden comes down. For some reason, decides not to get a two-for-one. Barrels into the lane. All-time charge on Harden. Bowls over Draymond Green. They don't call it. Scores. Up five. Warriors come down. Draymond is mad about the call. Goes in, sets a blindside pick on Austin Rivers where he stops for a split second and keeps his hands and elbows way up and clips Austin Rivers in the head. They don't call it. Curry goes, misses a dunk. Rockets have the ball 20 seconds left? 19 seconds left? 20 seconds left? Yes. And the Warriors just quit. (laughs) Somebody's going to have to explain that phenomenon to me, by the way. What the fuck is going on? Even Kerr on? didn't do anything for about 10 seconds there. Why? What, what is going on? To down two scores with 20 seconds left. Oh, that's the game. What are we talking about? What, now, the, all credit to, to Portland and Denver. Portland at least tried their... They were down two scores for the last 30 seconds of the game, and they battled and battled and fouled and tried to get possessions. Yeah, they almost, they almost got in. What the... What, what was that last night? Why did Golden State know. concede it? What, so that this is the case against the Warriors. That makes them arrogant pricks, and that makes me want to root against them. But even this though is I the case against win. them in this game. There's still like a slight something off with them. That was weird that they just rolled over after that curry dunk. But we 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 keep that was getting, weird. We we have great playoff performances from Draymond and Iggy. Those two guys. For life, ride or die, those two, and then Durant is superlative, superlative, otherworldly. Clay and and Steph, eh, eh. I mean Steph, especially. I know that that 
50,000 uh, words were spilled onto the internet uh, last night about Steph, so there's no reason to talk about it. What's wrong with Steph? I have that one. Okay, I'm asking. I have, I have a take on that. I'm asking. You'll like it more than my Chris Paul take. <laughs> I didn't like your Chris Paul take. I just want to have the conversation. If if the five guys the Rockets have out there, but, but if I something's wanna, off. I want to hear the Steph take. We're done with Chris Paul. Give me the give me the Steph take. I just want to see Rivers, Gordon, Capella, Tucker, dick. and I don't Harden want to see that. for two minutes in the last five minutes I'm of the game. Just let me see that. it. I'm not interested. Ben Simmons and Chris Paul can go play together on a different <laughs> playoff team. So I wonder, we saw this happen with LeBron and Wade. Jalen, I watched, uh, Jalen came over last night after the basketball game. And uh, we watched a Canelo fight together. And we were talking about this. So he said he was going to talk about this on his show today, too. I want to give him credit, even though he steals points from me all the time. Remember LeBron and Wade when they were like co-alphas? Yes. And they were like buddies. They were yes. Butch and Sundance. Yes. And then Wade got hurt that one year. Yep. And LeBron took the reins. Single best thing that happened for the, to the Heat. Yeah. And it fell into place. And then it was LeBron's team from that point on. Yes. Wade was never, I would say, 100% okay with it. But I think he was smart enough to realize. I agree. We're better off this way. He likes rings. Yeah. This is our best chance to win. I'm a little banged up physically. I'm not the same guy I was in 09, 2010, 11. I'm heading into a different phase of my career. I'm okay with this. So KD has now clearly the best player in the Warriors. That's true. In 2017... They were the co-guys. And KD was great in the finals, and that's why they won. The biggest reason. Yeah. Last year, they were both great in the finals. KD was more great. But Curry had Curry did all the stuff he normally does. Then KD goes up another level of these playoffs. And I think it's actually weirdly affecting Curry. What? Yeah. How? Because I think it's weird. It's his team. When they had that game... Uh, the game two, the fans were chaining MVP every time Curry was at the line. If you notice, they didn't do that for KD. Like, that's his city, his team, his franchise. And even though KD is the most talented guy in the team, it's still kind of Curry's team. And I feel like in the playoffs, it really feels like it's Durant's team. And I think it's throwing Curry off. I think it's subtle, and I think it's weird. But Jalen brought this up last night, and I was like, God damn, I wish I had thought of that. It's weird to, this is your team, your whole thing, but it's not your team anymore. And by the way, KD could leave in July and it's back to Curry's team. The whole thing is just weird because he's healthy, allegedly, Curry. Allegedly. He missed a layup at like, he's playing like he did in like 2010. He he missed time that effort uh, converting what should have been a layup into, you know, into a dunk. And misapprehended how far away he was from the basket. And that's a glaring and embarrassing moment. Here's the thing. I'll defer to Jalen. I always defer to Jalen. What I I have to wrap my head around is how does that thing you're describing, which is psychological, make him shoot seven for 23? All he does is shoot. But he doesn't, he's not a thinking shooter. He's a shooter shooter. But here's the His irony. brain ain't in it. The irony is is you've played basketball and you get it. Yeah. It's a confident sport. And you never know it's going to throw somebody off just okay. a tiny bit. Okay. Just okay. a tiny bit. All right. Just a little bit. Where, like, part of what made Curry great was the swagger. And 
the chest out. This is my team. Nobody's done it this way before, but our team's going to do it this way. Watching like Durant, he's so, he's just been so great. I mean, that stretch he had in the game yesterday, that was out of control. When he scored like 12 straight, the array of shots he was taking, he's dribbling the ball up. He's the point forward. He's <laughs> protecting the rim defensively. Like He was out of control. If he got any help whatsoever in the last three minutes of the fourth quarter from either Clay or Steph, they would have won last night. I think it's really hard to do your thing on the same team as somebody else who's playing like that. I just think it's hard. Okay. They, they, but they, because it's it when out. you have the ball, it's kind of like, well, this is stupid. That guy, the other guy should have the ball. <laughs> like every time Curry had the ball last night, I'm thinking, like, just give it to KD. He's going to score again. Yeah, but he shot 23 times. I know he did, but he I'm saying, like, I'm talking about the mental aspect of playing basketball when you're playing with somebody who's in the zone. Yeah. And then you get the ball and it's like, all right, I'll I'll shoot this time, but this you should probably be shooting again. You're looking at the other guy. Something throws it off. It's it's subtle weird basketball shit. Cuz uh, either that or or he's hurt. We get to monitor it tomorrow night. Tomorrow night we'll Cuz like Draymond doesn't care. Draymond's like I don't care if we go to the club tonight, I'm in charge. This is true. I'm the guy. I'm still like you, whatever you might be the basketball alpha dog, but I'm the fucking alpha dog in this team. I don't care. Knock yourself out, KD. You, you, if you play great, I'm happy. And Curry's like, yeah, if you play great, I'm happy. But deep down, he's like, man, this is weird. It's interesting. I'm like a sidekick. I missed. I missed Jalen talking about it. I have to look it up. I bet I agree with this. This playoffs, KD has been so great that it really does feel like LeBron 2012 ish. Well, where gonna, and KD was already one of the best 15 players ever, but there's like a half level he jumped this playoffs. There's a whole like. lot, don't of, you think? There's a whole lot to sort out tomorrow night. Tomorrow night is getting very juicy. What are we going to eat tomorrow night? I also wonder when you're Curry, do you have to be a little more involved quarter to quarter? to be who you are. I know he shot 23 times. Yeah, that's a lot of touches. But is there some sort of unspoken, like for the flow of what you do, do you I just have to be have integrated more? I don't, I, I feel like they have that. I feel like the, their rotations and the touches and the guys shooting when, when, when it's the right time for them to shoot. Clay was, Clay got 16 up. KD continues to well, get the pace over of the 20 game up. Was, was a little faster than the other the other games. Sure, but. sure, sure. But that that's fine. It's it, the Warriors can win that way. All right. So you're not. I thought you'd be with me on that one. I I want an ex. No, I'm not against you. I I find it uh, very very interesting. I want an explanation for what the hell is wrong with Steph Curry. And it could be what you're saying. I I'm not even arguing with you. All right, we're gonna uh, actually let's do just any other round two thoughts that we have. We didn't talk about the quadruple overtime game. I, I, <laughs> that wasn't one of the best games I've ever seen because the guys were really dragging in the in the overtimes. And the coaches, just some bizarre coaching decisions in that game, uh, including not using subs. Uh, and then Rodney Hood came in and, of course, did the uh, Glenn McDonald out of nowhere star performance out of the 1976 triple overtime game. But um, I've always wanted to see a four-overtime playoff game. It's been on my bucket list. It made me think of some other things that, like Tiger winning the Masters, obviously, was like a major bucket list thing. But then you have this little minor bucket list. Like, I've always 
wanted to watch a game when somebody hit an inside the park homer. That's happened to me maybe two, three times, but I was like really getting yeah, kicked out of it. Yeah, one of them in Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, we were there. You. We were at Cam Newton, and the guy got hit by in the head by the throw. As he crossed home plate. Yeah. Um, that was the gobbler weekend. We can't tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> Just know it involved the gobbler, that's all. Yeah, there's, there's this whole story about the gobbler. We can't ever tell. Uh, but yeah, there's these little things, these little things you've always wanted to see, like, I watched Kobe's 81-point game. I was watching in the moment. It was fucking bizarre. It was really strange. I thought it was awesome. It was awesome, but it was also like Phil Jackson. You could tell how horrified he was. <laughs> it was against everything he ever stood for. Um, but one of those things was the four-overtime playoff game. I've always wanted it. And there's been a few doubles. Obviously, there's been a couple triples. Mm -hmm. And this one actually got there. And then I started thinking quintuple. There was no reason that they couldn't keep ending up on ties. It seemed like Cantor was just going to keel over. Uh, but the same is true of, of Jokic, if you like, since you asked me to pronounce it ah, properly. It seems fair to pronounce Jokic. it correctly. Um, all right, a couple of mailbag questions. Game three versus the Raptors, Embiid had all 20,000 fans in Philly in the palm of his hand. Where does he rank amongst other NBA players in terms of controlling the crowd? Uh, what other guys had this ability? That's from Wilson. I think a lot of the greats had it. Sure. I think young LeBron in Cleveland definitely had it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bird and Magic, obviously. I think Bernard King and the Knicks fans. There's been, there's been a lot. Yeah, But sure. I do think Embiid's one of the few guys right now that has it. Like, the, like, that city belongs to him, and that goes back to the Ben Simmons discussion we had. It's Embiid's team. It's Embiid's team. There's it's no Embiid's city, and it. it's Embiid's team. He's the best player. If he plays... And is healthy, and who knows what again mysterious ailments may befall him. They can play in the finals. They can win the Eastern Conference. He's that effing good. He's incredible. Jason wonders who's better at Cunnilingus, in your opinion, Gray Worm or Uncle Junior? Mm. Kyle, let you answer this as well. Yeah, uh, Gray Worm. He doesn't have a choice. Yeah, Gray Worm. I, I'm gonna say Gray Worm because he. That's it. I doubt he'd be embarrassed by it. That's you. his corner jumper, and he can't drive to the rim. <laughs> he can't do anything else. <laughs> it's a single skill. Poor Uncle Junior. Uncle Junior at least could get to the rim. I guess that's true. <laughs> um, John from New Jersey knows that I have a fascination for when athletes um, wind up together. I love it. Because I want them to have and females? Yeah, because oh. I like when they have super kids. Okay. Like the Andre Agassi, Steffi Graf kids. I sure, was always sure, like really in on that one. Yes. I, I thought they might have a chance to have the greatest hand-eye coordination. I think one of them plays hockey. Just has to have an unbelievable wrist shot, right? Undoubtedly. But uh, he points out Sloan Stevens and Josie Altidore are engaged. That just happened, right? Yeah. So you have tennis and soccer. Um, that could be that could be a great kid. That could be. John wonders if that's our 2046 World Cup captain. Well, didn't didn't Robert Griffin the third get with a, a pole vaulter or something? Didn't he, or a javelin thrower? I don't know about that one. All right, I mean, I you know, I like those those uh, the the tennis and and uh, soccer. Tennis soccer is a nice combo. Is good. That's a yeah, because that gives you like that's a that's a whole body. Yeah, you have you light on your feet, but you also have power. That the hand eye, 
for the for the for the tennis, your ability to clear your hips, to generate your power. Mm. A lot of a lot of things to like. Clear Speaking hips. of clearing hips for power, um, I never told you about uh, playing at the pro am. Oh yeah, I saved so it for the pod. Like in the, inside the last two weeks, yeah, you were the 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 LPGA was here in Los Angeles. Yeah, we had it, and uh, I ended up playing last second. They saw me in the course because I was I was trying. It was on my course, and uh, I stupidly agreed to play. I show up. My back was really bothering me, which I should have just backed out. A lot of people watching, like oh. 20, 25 people, and. My golf game's coming back and I felt really good about it. Like where I was, the ability to at least like stand up and hit a shot straight and stuff like that. It they the first hole for some reason was the eleventh hole. On, the, set on the Wilshire. stage. Let's talk about who you were playing with. So I'm playing they put me in a foursome with uh Carlota. Carlota Giganda. Yep. From Spain. Who's a top ten player. And then Adrian Gonzalez, the Dodgers. Red Sox first baseman. Yes. Who's a phenomenal guy, by the way. Oh, Love that guy. Not surprised to hear it. Um, also hits the ball really far. What, what, why wouldn't he? So we're playing best ball. And there's just no, the other two guys um, who, I, I don't know how to say who they were, but they were people in the, in the uh, music business. Okay, great. We all realize we're probably not out driving these two. One one guy in our in our five some had a chance, um, so then it becomes like, all right, when you go up there, just hit the ball, just hit the crap out of the ball, because we're probably not using your drive anyway. So I decided to do this on the eleventh hole. There's a hospitality tent to the left, yeah, <laughs> and uh, not too far left, but definitely left enough. And uh, the guy in front of me scuffs it; it goes like fifty feet. Mm. So now that's in my head. They're playing Michael Jackson, Thriller, or some song. They're playing music. So that 20 people like are watching Michael me. Jackson? They introduce me. Thank God there's no spectators because I wouldn't have played. And now I'm just like, hit it straight, hit it straight, hit it straight. And I hit it 300 miles an hour right into the hospitality tent, and it ricochets backwards. <laughs> so they say we didn't use that drive. Was it? Well, let me ask this question. What was in the hospitality tent? I'm kind of um, interested. In this. I don't know. Probably some I mean, swag. I mean, you stop in there and grab a Coors Light and well, some of this. Unfortunately, you know. one of the things that was in there was my golf ball. So <laughs> we have to get it. So then we go and and uh, takes me a couple of holes to heat up, and then I start feeling a little bit better. Like I'm off. I'm just. I'm. Sure, I'm terrible. I, I get it. And Gonzalez is hitting like 350 or 300. And uh, and Carlota is just nailing everything straight and perfect. And we birdie the first hole. And so around this, we're, there's a, like a par five. I had a really good five wood on the second shot. It was the first time I was like, all right, that was a really good shot. We might actually use that one. Carlota hits one in the trap on the green. Oh. And normal people like us, we would use my shot. It was right outside the green, just chip it. Yeah. And she sees her shot in the bunker, which is parallel to the pin. And she's like, let's use mine. Just goes, grabs it. Boom. Two feet from the pin. Yeah. yeah. Like right. she, she wasn't even thinking twice. I got it. Just I like she, she just looked at it. She's like, oh yeah, I, I can make that. I'm a professional. I'm one of the 10 best <laughs> golfers in the world. Yes. So somewhere around like the seventh hole, I just completely fell apart. Like, and when I say fall apart, you know, on a golf course, when you fall apart. Yeah. 
you just unravel to the point like you can't even hit the ball. Yep. And that was me for the next like five or six holes until I had an 1800 with Adrian. 1800 in soda. That loosened me up a little for a Why couple holes. Why did you wait that long? I should have had like That's seven. swing oil, brother. Um, I was just horrible. should have had the second hole. We're walking. My back is like killing me. Yeah, you can't I, have I, that. I, it, was, it was one of the worst sports experiences of my life. Um, but I still kind of loved it because it reminded me, it reminded me why to savor when it's actually going well in golf. Yeah. So I go back, same club. I play the back nine a week later and I shoot a 45. Yeah. I mean, you know, a week earlier, I literally can't hit the ball 200 yards straight. (laughs) Um, but the most amazing thing was there's this eighth hole, which is a famous hole on the course because it's, it's the Howard Hughes house that he used to live in. Um, it's on this hole. And it's like the creek is, it's a long par four and the creek's probably like, I don't know, three, 340. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a little 60 yard wedge over if you, like right in front of the creek. Yes. Most people hit it, you know, 250, 260. And then you have like a 150 to the green. Right. Adrian, who has a couple 1800s in him at this point, <laughs> one of the few holes he can really unleash. And he hits this drive that was like the most magnificent thing I've ever seen and almost hits it in the water on this hole, which was about 350. That's awesome. And, we're walking and we're walking and it's, and he's like, that's my ball out there. And I'm just like, there's no way that can't be your ball. There's no way that can't be your, there's no way nobody can hit it there. <laughs> um, they used to say we use that drive. Yes. But, uh, man, it was, it was the, the baseball players, the baseball and the of hockey course, players. Baseball and hockey. Those dudes know how to play golf. I'm glad you got this one out. It was low stakes, low stakes, no spectators. You know, and my, I would have killed a spectator for my birthday. I know that, that, uh, here, we're here together. We're celebrating. We're going to play something together. I want I want you to stick with the game long enough to get onto the Pro-Am circuit so that there's a couple more. I want you to, to play uh, enough to, to get on a couple times a year doing this Pro-Am thing. The problem with me with golf is if my back, if, if my back isn't right, I'm kind of useless. We need you to get to the physio. Go go! Make sure when, when my back is nice and loose. Yeah, when you know you're gonna play, get it's to the great. physio, get the stretching, and the, you do your uh, tactical frog hip drills and all the rest of it. I just need to start using PEDs, and I will. Oh, I'm into that. Yeah. But we're officially at the age. Well, at least I am. I think I can get an HGH prescription now. Yeah. Well, get me one too. All right. Hey, if you're a movie and podcast fan like we are, check out the Ringer's new show, The Rewatchables, 1999, available only. On Luminary, we have done two of these. We did American Pie. We did Cruel Intentions. Two movies that age very strangely, but were really fun to talk about. And this week, House and I are recording Big Daddy. 1999 is a weird movie it's year. It's a really weird year, and this is a weird, another weird one for us to talk about. This I don't want to step on it. It's a transition year. Holy John cow. Stewart's in this movie. Yeah, young John Stewart. Young John Stewart. Handsome. Kyle, you like Big Daddy. I love Big Daddy. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, Leslie Mann is in it. So we're dissecting some of the most iconic movies from 1999, all-time great year in film, all the old rewatchable categories, as well as a couple new ones, including uh, one that I'm adding for this week's podcast, a brand new category. You want? Should I, should I give it away now? Yeah. It's called the Christy Swanson Award for Most Predictably Borrowed 80s Movie Trope. <laughs> Just hold hold that thought for when okay. we get there tomorrow. So Christy Swanson now has an award. Anyway, uh, you can check out The Luminary on The Rewatchables, as well as some other great podcasts from Hannibal Burris. 
Guy Raz, Trevor Noah. Um, they give you access to a bunch of original shows from innovative dynamic creators you can't find anywhere else. Free app to download. Use it to listen to thousands of podcasts, including the ones you already love, like this one. Uh, sports, movies, comedy, a whole bunch of things. Get your first two months of access to Luminary's premium content for free when you sign up at luminary.link slash Simmons. After that, $7.99 per month. Luminary.link slash Simmons. For two months of free access, luminary.link slash Simmons. Cancel anytime. Terms apply. All right, it's time. Rosillo could not be here tonight, but we're playing throne game anyway. He won't mind. We can talk about it with him Tuesday. We can talk. We'll, we'll let him. We'll we'll let him do his thing when we have. Uh, I think we're doing Tuesday night with him. Yeah, but we're gonna play episode four of Throne Game, eighty minute episode. They show at the beginning. They show the uh, the card at the top with the nudity, violence. They show the V for the AC for adult content, V for violence, L for language. And you were immediately upset there was no end for nudity. So that's how we started. I should add that we watched this episode with my mom <laughs> and Kyle. And my mom had just made us this feast and you were complaining about the no end for nudity. What's the matter with the show? Why are they going out with a bang? It's I, HBO. I, I, Phenomenal start by you. I just want Game of Thrones to stay true to itself. Yeah. You're it's, like, don't lose your identity. Game that, of Thrones is like Steph Curry right now. That's right. They need. To, don't forget who you are. They, they, we, they haven't really killed anybody that that, that matters yet. And they're there. We've been on a on a real you know streak here lately. Well, all I can say is, AT and T buys HBO, and all of a sudden there's no more nudity in Game of Thrones. So I don't know. Draw your own conclusion. And only the good guys are winning. <laughs> I'm remember, interested in that. Remember when Oz was on? You and I used to have this oh. joke about how. The card at the top should really spell out what was happening in that episode. So we, <laughs> we needed prepared. a lot more information about what was going to happen. GPR for gang prison rape. I mean, there was we, we, today's been, episode is GPR. It would have been very helpful if they could have been a little more specific about what was coming. To, to, what was the other one? The uh, take a shit on somebody's head. Was, <laughs> today's was, episode is ranked TSS. We, we needed H. to know more. Everything involving Adabisi, I needed to know more. <laughs> I need an Adebisi warning. The card's like just violence, adult themes. Like it just did not cover Adebisi's behavior in that show. involving Beecher. God. Tonight's episode involves raping somebody while putting your headphones on when they're passed out. Um, all right. So you're upset about that. So new intro, which nephew Kyle noticed. That's why he gets the big bucks. What do they add, Kyle? Uh, it's just like the intro that you see. They used to go all around like the map and then it just looked like it was going through. Uh, King's Landing, basically. So it's yeah. just like I think it was just sort of foreshadowing, like, all right, we're worried about King's Landing. Now. They started showing some some more Crown stuff. It seemed like, yeah. Wait, exactly. wait, isn't the, it's the, been the same opening for? No, they added. They tweaked. They did a couple tweaks. Okay, yeah, I think so. So Twitter the, let us know. The show started out. Binge they had Binge. all the dead bodies piled in these perfectly symmetrical, awesome piles. Dead body piles. Great, great dead body piles. Great, best dead body piling. Really good spacing with the dead body pilot. No Ben Simmons really in dead body pilot. <laughs> you didn't have one. Ben standing. Simmons just wandering between there the dead body pilots. There was one three point line wandering aimlessly. <laughs> uh, I can't. It, it seemed like it had been at least a couple days with some of the dead bodies. Did, we, Did you get that feeling? Maybe like forty eight hours like overnight. Like it's, it's always hard to get the time signature for these. Well, because they showed a couple of dead bodies. They they look pretty dead. But you, you looked a little gamey. So already the smell's not great. And you know what else doesn't smell good is when you burn like 20,000 of the dead bodies at the same time. 
It is, you know. That had to have been, I would say, the most. I mean, Game of Thrones, a malodorous <laughs> show to begin with. Not a lot of showering, deodorant, <laughs> perfume. Uh, I mean, we, we're really toilet paper holding our noses on a lot of suspension of disbelief kind of stuff here. Yeah. But that many dead bodies, the way that the, the, they died and however long they were out there, you're not giving speeches. Jon Snow's not standing there. Convene, everybody's convened within, you know, uh, 30, 40 yards of these bodies. And we're all going to stand here. So it is. It's the, a stench. It's the worst thing you could ever smell. We're programmed to not be in the presence of, of our dead brethren. Yeah, good points. Yeah, Jon Snow's like trying to win an Emmy. And meanwhile, there's 20,000 dead bodies and the wind's blowing toward everybody. Yeah. He's like, oh, here's one more toward there. They're like, ah, can we burn the bodies? So. I always thought the worst smell in the show would have been the dragon breath. I mean, oh. those dragons, like, they're just eating. What are they eating? What do the dragons eat, Kyle? They have, like, cows and goats and shit like that. Right. I not a lot of mouthwash with the dragons. I'm surprised. Out of all the bad smells, that's not my number one. In the same way that our dogs eat terrible, terrible things. Well, I'm just saying the dragon, but hot fire breath, though? Feels like it could be a cleansing agent. Whatever it is that allows them to breathe the fire could have the effect of producing oh that's nice, interesting you think it's, it's so hot it burns all the germs yes it's an antiseptic effect oh that's good well either way it doesn't smell as bad as uh twenty thousand dead bodies burning so um they decide to follow that up by having a giant feast <laughs> as you do yeah. as you will what makes you hungrier than the burn, smell of twenty thousand burning bodies oh well, you know let's have some food and some chapter. junk they did win the war yeah. It was a celebratory feast. It was celebratory. There yeah. was a, definitely a celebratory feel. Uh, you had the sarcastic remark. I'm glad they turned the lights on for this episode. That felt like a dig. Definitely I mean, dig. it was good to see people's faces for more than, than four and a half seconds. Did you like the glasses they were drinking out of? Because every time they bring those out on Game of Thrones, I always I always feel like I want like 20 of those. I, those I, big I, horn glasses? And, and, well, they had a whole What are those variety. called, Kyle? You like to drink. Uh. Flagons? No, probably not, right? Yeah, something like that. They they probably did have flagons. They, there was a whole array. There was a whole variety. You, you, like a real uh, marketing opportunity here. The Game of Thrones uh, uh, drinking collection. So, um, very festive. People busting balls. The bearded guy, Tormund, he's going around being doing stuff. Getting cock-blocked. That was tough. Yeah, well. He's, he's making sure everybody does shots. Doing shots. He's spilling beer all over the place. Gendry, Gendry, Gendry or Gendry? I think we're going with Gendry. Gendry? So he became a lead Stormhouse guy. Is yeah. that what it's called? Uh, Dragonstone? Le no, he, they gave him else? the lead, the, the head of the storm. They gave him some... The head of the storm. Tell no, me. they gave him some new title. They made him Gendry Baratheon. Gendry Baratheon. And they gave him um, Dragonstone, I thought. Or yeah. They gave him something. Great. But well, he was psyched. <laughs> they gave him an accolade. And then uh, it was the first sign of alpha dog issues with... With Danny and John, very reminiscent of uh, Curry Duran, I felt like. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Danny's feel like, like it. this is my team. I have the dragons. I have the rings. I've won the MVPs, and yet the team's gravitating toward Duran. I don't like this. That was the feeling I got from her. Um. Well, you're not wrong. It just doesn't apply to Curry and Duran, ah, as far as you know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she, they planted the seeds for this the last two episodes, and I like it. Yeah, it's been building to this, you know, the the entire season. 
that that's the whole point of the great reveal. We've been waiting for the the effects of the great reveal, and you know, I haven't checked the odds lately, but I think that they're they. I'm, I'm going to go look uh, when we're done with this. I want to see where Sansa Stark comes out on some of this. I feel like. You know, uh, if there's a survivor thing out here, I'm gonna I want to put some odds on her. Mm. Uh, who 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 kills Danny? If I can get odds on who kills Danny, Sansa would be my lead candidate for that. Although it could be John. Uh, John might kill her. So they're playing uh they're playing a drinking game. Wasn't positive what that game was. Looked like Truth or Dare. Was that what it was? Yes, they Truth did it, or Dare. They did it in like the first. Or it was the season. 1300s version of yeah, Truth or 1300s Dare. 1300s was different. So. Uh, Tyrion calls out Brianna Tars' virginity. <laughs> <laughs> Went predictably terribly. Yeah. I once again, he's just a dick. We he's... love him, but he's that guy. That's when it started to feel like uh there was a Holy Cross late 80s kind of feel to that party. <laughs> Tormund's walking around. He re- reminded me of like 30 guys we went to college with. Oh, the rugby About tw- to get in a fight with the rugby 25 team. Five of them were rugby dudes. <laughs> <laughs> and Tyrion's just being a dick. Yeah, I mean, Tyrion was like Horgs. That's something Horgs would have said in college. <laughs> During Truth or Dare, he would have called out Brianna Tars' virginity. She didn't like it. She walks off. Tormund goes to follow her, and uh, and Jamie gets the upper hand. No well, pun intended. He, 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 he immediately blocks. It was literally a it cock block. Cock block. It was a it was a little cock block. I almost made a joke, but I'm not going to. <laughs> not you joke. know. You're you going to name a name. You know. You're your 50th birthday is coming up. We've been friends for over 30 years, and we're on the same wavelength with a story from the past. You're going to name some names yeah. of uh, some famous cock blocks in history. He knows. He knows what he did. <laughs> he knows what he did. Wasn't anyone in this room. Um. So anyway, uh, then we had Hound and Sansa. Yeah. Little reunion scene. Sure. And uh, and he's like, yeah, if you'd come with me, all that terrible stuff wouldn't happen to you. Like Littlefinger just getting horribly sexually assaulted for however long by Ramsay. And it was just really bad. And and she comes back with, well, all that stuff made me the person I am now. That's right. Probably, probably would have chosen a different path. I don't know. She was a little too positive about it. Well, no, I think this is the thing: is it goes to the point of of her fitness to be a potential leader. She might, at the end of this thing, she's you know who's going to sit on the throne, not ruling her out. Yeah, she's got the the, the chops. She's she really took some chops too. So then Gendry goes to Arya, who's you know hanging out she likes to just be in the dungeon shooting bow and arrow that's how she spends her friday nights kill, kill or gonna kill didn't want to be part of the revelry she's like i'm gonna go down and work on my bow and like, arrow shoot or shoot and uh he's like hey good news they just made me uh they made me a sir um i have this new title and you can be my lady and then gets on the knee proposes yeah I mean, pretty quick. It sex once. I know I mean, she has some superpowers. She can change her face. She killed the to, Night King. I know you get you get a little carried away when you're in love, but this seems this seemed quick. So uh she does the bachelor season finale move where before saying whether she accepted the proposal or not, recaps how how great their relationship is. And it's all leading toward the but 
Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. And yep. you could feel it coming. And then she's basically like, I'm no lady. Yep. You know who I am? I'm the fucking Night King killer. I'm not That's getting right. married to you. I'm a stone cold yeah. killer, bitch. You know what I do? I go, I go kill the bad guys. That's what I do. I don't do. want to be your That's wife. That's what I do. Yeah. And she's out. And that's Jesus, it for Gendry. I'm not nobody's wife. So he loses the Lady of Light, his 450-year-old girlfriend, and then he loses his 18-year-old girlfriend. Tough times. He'll be all right. Tough times. He's, He's got, got that big one. He's still packing that big heat. Did they have Match.com in the 1300s or no? Kyle? If they did, all he has to do is say, I got the big one. They're called brothels at that point. I think T- yeah, right. t- that's right. He's he's in a brothel for the for the. They next all know few he's got the big one. That's Podrick. I think. I think that's. Oh, Podrick. I'm missing up. With yeah, Podrick, Podrick was one. Yeah, son one. of a bitch. So uh, Jamie hooked up with Brienne, and that was when uh, my mom, who had a couple glasses of wine in her, when we were talking about, they kind of cut away from the sex scene. I think one of us made the point. It's too bad they didn't do that with Arya because our little Arya, none of uh, none of us have recovered from that. <laughs> and my mom goes. <laughs> That Arya sex scene, that would be like if we were watching the show and Zoe had a sex scene, meaning my daughter, and all of us recoiled in horror, and that was when we took her wine glass. That, I mean, that, that was, was horrible. That was the moment. That was, that was the highlight of the show. <laughs> I mean. So then Daenerys goes, meets Jon Snow, and she's basically like, don't tell anybody about this whole thing where I'm actually your aunt and you're the rightful heir to the throne. And, uh, and he's like, well, what if I just tell my family? And she's like, no, you're not doing that. And he goes, well, how about you can still be the queen, but I'll still tell my family because that's my family. And she's like, no, actually, if we're going to make this work, you're not going to tell anybody. And then he ends up telling his family. And the irony of this is Kyle's saying those really aren't his sisters and brothers now because they have, they don't have the same mom or the same dad. Him, right. Arya, yeah, they're like cousins, Sansa, and the king of comedy, Bran. Yeah, they're cousins. Bran. Bran's king of comedy tours starting in two months. <laughs> he just comes out. He acts weird. Everybody laughs. Um, so I think at that point, since she has two dragons at that point of the show, I think maybe you go, all right, I won't tell anybody. That sounds good. Let's keep this one between us. Now, next scene, he's got his brothers and sisters together. Hey, I got something to tell you, but you got to swear, can't leave the room. He already knows his sister Sansa hates Danny. Yes. I mean, come on, dude. Nah. He the rule of women who don't like each other, they're going to take a nugget like that and immediately spin it in the I, worst way possible. I mean, his judgment is questionable since, yeah, he, since he was stabbed 37 times. That's true. He did come back to life. Yeah. But it but, did make me wonder if he's fit for the Iron Throne, if he's not smart enough to realize that uh, Sansa is going to tell somebody like in five seconds. Like, you might as well it. just put that in the newspaper. They have newspapers in 1300s? He could be a little more calculating. Bad job by Jon Snow. He's such a good guy. It works against him sometimes. <laughs> so he tells, uh, oh, I forgot that Daenerys, when she said, when John's like, I really want to make this work. And she said, we can. I just told you how. That's right. I see. STFU. Oh, and I forgot that they, we cut to Jamie and Brandon Tarth in bed after uh, Coitus. <laughs> And Jamie's wide awake, just staring off into the distance and Brienne's asleep. And that's when I asked you why on TV after two people have sex, do they always go back to the, to the aftermath and one person's asleep and the other person's wide awake. We never catch two people asleep or both people awake. It's always <laughs> one falls asleep and the other one is lost in thought, either unhappy with how it went or can't sleep. I hope that's just on television. 
because if it if it happens in real life, I'm always the one that's asleep. <laughs> I was going to say, if that's happened to you 500 times in life, 500 of those times, you were the one storing. 500 times, 99. <laughs> you, you, you had the, the, your partner was lying next to you awake, not because they were lost in thought, because they can't, couldn't believe how much you snored. They're like, oh my or God. how much I smelled. Those are the options. Uh, oh, another thing. They can't, they've, this year, they've really added more jokes about John's height. I mean, Tormund just gets in that ass. He said, you weigh as much as two fleas fucking, was one of his comments. <laughs> it's a good line. Yeah, but they it's almost like they've read all the internet making fun of Jon Snow's height, and they just decided to lean into it this year, which I appreciate. Me too. Great job by them. Bron made a power play. Mm-hmm. Not LeBron, Bron. Bron made a power play. He decided it. To steal the hosting duties from Maverick Carter for this week's episode of The Shop. And also made a power play on uh, Tyrion and Jamie. And uh, they made some deal. I didn't really understand what was going on. I, at that point, I was really focused on getting the wine glass away from my mom. Um, oh, Sam and John said oh, farewell. Bron, not Br- not Bran, Bron. Bron. Yeah, well, because Cersei uh, paid... Him to come in there and kill those sons of bitches. You know, she she's smart. She knows. Mm. And he he gave them, he he was true to his word. He had promised Tyrion in season whatever, you gotta ask uh, Mallory and Concepcion this, that he Tyrion got Bronn to give him his I word. I remember it. They recapped it. I yeah. just wasn't that interested. I was more focused <laughs> on my mom. It was a good play. I mean, you know, I I thought there was a de- there were two instances where I thought Tyrion might catch it this week. So then Sam and John said farewell. And Ghost, for some reason, went with Tormund because he needs a dog because he can't get laid. Well, the, the dire wolf needs belongs a wolf dog. In, the, in, the, in the wild in the north. Yeah. I don't know. I felt like I wanted a better farewell for Ghost. It was kind of like the equivalent of uh, on the video screen at the basketball game. They kind of gave him the one right right there in the 22nd timeout, but he didn't get like his own three minute one that was clearly going to be on the internet after. Well, how about this? Do you really think that this is the last we're going to see of all those peeps, including, uh, uh, yeah, you're probably, right. I mean, come on. Good call. Um, so then everything seems okay. And then all of a sudden Daenerys is flying with Bob and Stan, her two dragons. I didn't realize those were their names, <laughs> Bob and Stan, Bob gets hit by the arrows. So she's riding Stan, Bob's next to them. And Bob, takes like the biggest arrow I've ever seen in my life. And then another one that takes his head off and goes right in the water. So now she's down to one dragon. Yep. Tough times. What's the guy's name? Greyjoy? Euron Greyjoy? Euron, the guy with the ships. Yeah. Yeah. Euron. Euron. That's right. Cersei's new guy. He's a known dragon killer. He's the only one that's got the the technology. Yeah. He's uh, he's like the Daryl Morey of dragon killing. That's right. That's he's why figured Cersei out, pulled him in. He's figured out high volume shooting arrows. Is is like threes. I think Cersei is the Daryl Morey, and and Euron is Harden. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. So uh, she's down to one dragon. They wiped out the ships, and they took Grey Worm's girlfriend. And Tyrion got knocked out again, which I think is like four concussions for him over the life of this show. <laughs> He like bounced it, right back. He he wasn't even in the protocol. It was like the NFL. Kristen right Win- back on the field. Kristen Winsky's got a tweet about this tomorrow. <laughs> Tyrion's right right back out there. 
right, right after this concussion. Who's the quarterback that did that last season? Tyrion's been knocked out at least three times during this show, right? At least three, maybe four. I'd say at least, I can count three that I'm thinking of right now. So yeah. No concussion protocol. Nah, it was the 1300s. The uh, Grey Worms lady got taken prisoner. And then, uh, and then Danny, they have this big debate about what to do. And she says, I'm here to free the world from tyrants. And that is my destiny. I actually felt like her destiny was being Mother of Dragons, but I don't know. She's seems like she's a little bit uh, confused these days. So then the, the last 10 minutes was pretty uh, intense house. Dramatic. Jamie pulls pulls the old adios on Brianna Tarth. That was coming. You knew it was coming, but tried to sneak out. She sniffed it out. And then he's basically like, uh, everything I've ever done is for Cersei. You don't understand. I'm a bad person. Yeah. She's hateful and so am I. Classic bad boy. She's hateful and so am I is more than a bad boy. That's pretty tough. Pathological? That's pretty tough. So poor Brianna Tarth. She waited all this time to give her virginity to a one-handed man. It was the wrong one-handed guy. They make the big trip. They take Amtrak to uh, Cersei's island. Didn't take very long. Yeah, all of a sudden they were there. And uh, they do the unconditional surrender standoff. Tyrion goes for the Emmy, gives the big speech, tries to talk Cersei out of this. And then... uh, Let's just say she didn't agree to terms. You know why? You know why I know this? Because Grey Worm's girlfriend had her head cut off and then she was shoved off a tall building. So that, that to me, said, I'm not really interested in your offer. I want to know. That's what the Pelicans are going to do with the Lakers this summer, I think, with Anthony Davis. We'll be like, hey, what about Davis? Can we rekindle? Just like beheading, push somebody off a tower. I, the showrunners got to explain why Cersei, in that moment, ruthless killer that she is, she made a political calculation not to just wipe out that whole troop right there. Why? What what what's the downside of killing Danny right there in that moment? Danny, Tyrion, uh who who Because you don't get Jon Snow. So what? You got Danny, the mother of the dragon. Who's gonna ride the dragon? It did seem like a pretty big risk from Danny and the gang to uh just be wide, widely exposed right out there in the open, right after they'd just been sneak attacked and one of her dragons got killed. You're supposed to I didn't be- agree with the strategy. You're supposed to believe that there's, you know, that that whatever that sort of honor code where you're having ter- you know, discussing terms of peace potentially. You explore the the peace process and so there's a a protected cone there. But Cersei don't have no rules. She 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 killed that whole city. She blew up that whole city and all those those religious fanatics and everybody that went along with it. She doesn't give a fuck. Why didn't she just take them all out right there? Don't have an answer for you. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, maybe is there something in the book, but I mean, it wouldn't it even be one of the nine worst things she's ever done. It runs con like, you know, maybe she's there. The, the best you can come up with to me is like, she doesn't know where Jamie is. And in her heart, she wants the father of that baby to be part of the picture. And Jamie could be at risk, but that's pretty tenuous. Does she give two shits about Jamie at this point? I don't think she cares about anybody. I, agree. I, I think she's off the res, off the uh, me reservation. Too. She should have iced that whole joint. Cersei, uh, this is the worst hairdo she's ever had. <laughs> I'm not a fan of this one. I don't know what she's doing with this particular hairdo, but it is really rough. They're not doing her any favors. 
I, I mean, she looks like a killer. Okay. She should kill her. Killer should kill. I got to say, they could have thrown in one scene with her and you're on Lovejoy. Greyjoy? You're on Greyjoy. They could have thrown in one scene, like just them kind of hanging out. Give me an N. Give me an N. Just like. Just give me that N. Why couldn't I have my nudity? Oh, you wanted the N. Give I know what you're talking N. about. That's what I'm asking for. Just give me my N. It's Game yeah. of Thrones, for Christ's sakes. Take it up with AT&T. They have all your data, and now they're taking away your nudity. They're trying to l- let the good guys win. I'm not interested in that. Well, they did it. They did chop somebody's head off at the end. It's not like this Again, is... a bit player. I thought it was better than the first two episodes. Three was great for its own reasons, but I think this was the second best one. I like this one. I liked it. Three was fine, you. except for you couldn't see it. This one I like the whole. See. I yeah. like the smelling smell of dead bodies feast that they had. It was really enjoyable. Killing the dragon was was truly breathtaking and unexpected. So Good that, special effects. Great special effects. Next so that's supposed to be nuts too. Was Could, that Bob we, or that was? Stan died. Bob <laughs> sure, is still alive. Bob's alive. Bob's Bob's yeah. the only one left. Stan, Stan might come out of the water, by the way. Don't be surprised if we get a Stan re- reemergence. Hmm. You never know. He looked he looked pretty good. He was it looked it looked fatal. I Stan went in the it looked he like went a in the ocean, shot. but I'm not positive. We never saw like the floating dragon. That's what body. I mean. That's what I mean. Maybe well, he's got some kind of powers. Maybe the king of comedy can bring him back. What's her face? The 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 witch isn't around to bring him back. Melisandre. You don't think King Comedy can bring him back? <laughs> he, he could, but he's you know. I'm going away. <laughs> they they should have thrown him in the giant drunken feast. It, they I should mean, just had him at a table like with two people who didn't know him that well and just make it small talk. So, Bran, where are you from? They've really said it back. doesn't matter where I'm from. I just live in the past. Whatever whatever cause he has in the, in those books, they've really set it back on the show. He He's is the white not eyeballs likable. cause. He is not likable. Would you rather have him coaching the Sixers or Brett Brown? <laughs> is there a difference? <laughs> uh, so then, yeah, the last thing I wrote was why not just kill Daenerys right then and there? Seemed like it made sense. We're it's almost agreement. like they wanted to keep her around because she's a liability. <laughs> it's almost like they wanted to keep her around so that they could fill out the next two shows. <laughs> wow. So you think Sansa is the the Iron Throne? I'm going to go person. online and see what odds I can get on it. I know that much. Well, I just look; they don't have odds. That's okay. Would you take five to one on Sansa? Oh God, yes, I would love five to one. Three to one. Three to one is like I would also play three to one, and then under three to one, it's like, hey, why bother? But I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the cuz. I'm gonna text the cuz after this. Cuz has access to all the exotics. All right. Anything else you want? Any 50th birthday thoughts you have? It's it's coming soon. I'm celebrating it for the rest of the year. My birthday is in May. May the 1st begins the rest of the year of house. I'm going to eat and year drink. I, if I don't put on 15 pounds, I will have been a failure. I expect 2019 to just go down go you know, down in ages as a, an all-time drunk golf eating. I mean, I just don't want to stop. It sounds great. Give me your top five. Your top five most exciting, thrilling sports moments of of your first fifty years. Wow, incredible! Uh, John Riggins breaking away in the nineteen eighty three Super Bowl against the Miami Dolphins. Okay. Elvin Hayes making a shot against the San Antonio Spurs in nineteen seventy eight. I was physically there at the Capitol Center. Oh, there in, you go. In, in a, in a you were there seven. for his only clutch moment. Well, I, I've been he's so in the it. starting five with Carl Malone and it Chris was, Paul. It was a great moment. 
I'm not sure which Len Bias moment, but I got to see Len Bias a lot. Um, yeah. Uh, God damn it. That year. Um, I was at a North Carolina game in Maryland. Uh, that's three. It's amazing we didn't know each other during the Len Bias thing. It was 19, it was right before. I yeah, mean, we were we, two years away from knowing yeah, each other. Yeah, exactly. I was so in a little, I, I just couldn't believe the Celtics had him for even, it lasted, what, 36 hours or whatever? I, it was an unbelievable 36 hours. And yeah. I mean, <laughs> one from which, you know, you never recover. Um, Caps winning the Stanley Cup. That was a That's good one. That's top five for you. Oh, sure. Okay. Like how many, how many titles, does the flags fly forever. And in my life, I have three Super Bowls, the University of Maryland winning the NCAA uh, championship in 2000, and I'm going to mess up the year, one or two. It had to have been two, because I think Duke won. That was like right when college basketball died. Um, <laughs> it was an all-time terrible game. I really watched that entire Steve game. Steve Blake, that was awful. It was a bad game, but I absolutely, I grew up rooting for the University of Maryland, so I yeah. loved that team. And that it's was still a, team, a title. Still a title, and... You know, seniors like that, that would that really did mark a moment in time where you, you know, they they were uh guys that stayed in college for three or it's four like years. It's like the guy who ended up belatedly winning the Kentucky Derby yesterday by disqualification. <laughs> Guess what? 20 years from now, I'd be like, You won the Kentucky Derby? The guy's like, Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Nobody's like, Was it the one where they were? That's it. You won the Kentucky Derby. Nobody's it. gonna remember what happened 20 years from now. That's it. So, yeah, that was your Maryland win. And uh, the 1987 Gonzaga College High School track and field team inducted into the Gonzaga Athletic Hall of Fame two weeks ago, Captain Joe House, Captain Will Simmons, Captain Marty Cates, Captain Charlie Daniels. Yeah, that's right. It's only been, you know, 30 years in, in, in the offing. We're finally there. The first ever track and field championship in Gonzaga. The banner is on the wall. Flags fly forever. And eagles fly high. What were you, what was your track and field sport? Uh, I was a half miler and miler, uh, and I also ran the thirty two hundred. I didn't like it; it was a little bit too long for me. But I ran in the Penn Relays. I was good at track. I had a one fifty seven mile at at uh, Penn Relays in high school, and my mile, my best mile time half was mile, like in the four twenty three range. You had one fifty seven half mile. Yeah, one fifty seven half mile. And you a said mile because that would have oh. been amazing. That would <laughs> that would be fast. That'd be like a as fast as a horse. Anyway, that's that was my fifth. That was my fifth all-time sports moment. I'll tell you, the Washington D.C. ones were kind of sad. <laughs> well, the Washington D.C. sports, three Super Bowls. What's sad is John Wall jumping on the scores table uh, might have been like thirteen. Not talking about any of that. Not, by the way, here's the thing that I want. Here's one one of my birthday presents. I'm asking for a lot of birthday presents this week. Um, can we come up with an avatar to replace Fat John uh, Wall on my Twitter? That's what I'm asking you to help me come up with a replacement avatar for Fat John Wall because that needs to be retired now. You need to just tell people to send in your replies. Okay, there we go. I need suggestions at House from DC. At send House him from DC for Twitter. I'm replacing Fat John Wall. How long did you have Fat John Wall? Like a I, year? Well, I mean, he, when was that picture taken? It was when it was when last he, summer, right? It was yeah, last summer when he was year. nice and fat. Up until this moment now where I'm ready to stretch him. I'm going to stretch him in my life. I'm going to effectively wave him and pay whatever it costs. I decided that's my favorite open GM job. With good reason. Because the first two years, nobody's expecting that's anything right. anyway. That's the, 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 the bar is very low. What, what do you have to do to, to, to exceed 
you expectations. Just in don't Washington. trade Bradley Beal and don't screw up your top four pick. Well, you might, it might be okay to trade Bradley Beal. No. You might if you get a bunch no. of young assets. No, maybe not okay. Why? I mean, if you get all those Lakers kids, not okay. And then if it depends on this draft, Bradley Beal's we'll twenty five. We'll trade know Bradley when these Beal. ping pong balls land in in two weeks. What's going to happen? That'll set the course for everything. I couldn't believe Monty Williams took the Suns' job over waiting to see what was going to happen in the lottery. When like four teams wanted to hire him. Well, like what if the Lakers win the lottery? I would rather have that job, right? The bar, again, not very high. And he kind of knows what he's getting. It's an interesting team in Phoenix. Yeah, but he willingly wanted to work for Robert Sarver. <laughs> that is a question. That's a terrible idea. That is a questionable decision. I have to agree with you. Now, uh, he is very close to Pizzeria Bianco. So he gets all that Chris Bianco pizza. Robert Sarver watches Game of Thrones and is like, you know who's making some good moves this season? Cersei. <laughs> I like the way she's thinking. <laughs> well, I'm I'm excited to uh, to celebrate the 50th birthday weekend. We're going to do another pod later this week with Rosillo. I can't wait. Who ditched us for Willie Nelson. I just don't want him to squeeze my head in between his giant pythons. And then we're going to play golf. We're going to do the Big Daddy podcast. You're doing House of Carbs when you're here. And Fairway Rolling. And we're going to have a couple good meals. Can't wait. And I'm probably going to gain like seven pounds. Yes. Um, thanks to the zone. Don't forget to check them out. Great experience with the Canelo fight this weekend. Uh, don't forget about our Luminary podcast. Rewatchables 1999. Big Daddy coming later this week. As well as all of the awesome Ringer Podcast Network. Podcast and the ringer.com where is the place for all of your Game of Thrones content and everything else. Uh, back with a couple more podcasts later in the week. Until then. <laughs>